At the Ohio Lottery, we make Keno fun your way. That means you pick your wager. Will it be a dollar, two, a crisp 20 bucks? Your call. Like picking your own numbers? Use any inspiration you like. Birthdays, jersey numbers, you name it. And if you don't feel like choosing, there's the Super Quick Auto Pick. With regular promotions that'll get you more bang for your Keno buck, multiple ways to win, prizes galore, and live draws every few minutes. Anytime is the right time to get in on the Keno action. Keno is always fun your way. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. We have a new report that the FBI has seized the cell phone of a Republican representative a day after the FBI raided the home of Donald Trump. This could be, uh, I mean, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what it could be. I'm going to say this. George Conway, of all people said, they have crossed the Rubicon. Mm. I completely agree. It, we woke up, uh, when we got that news, we covered it. That was the moment this country was forever changed. And now we are in what Donald Trump calls dark days. We now have new information, which is lighting up the internet with conspiracy theories. The judge who reportedly signed the search warrant of Trump's home is linked to Jeffrey Epstein in, and when I first heard this, I was like, linked to Epstein. What does that mean? Like, he knew a guy who knew a guy. And then it's like, actually, he was a federal prosecutor who switched sides and started working to defend Epstein's lieutenants. And it's like, oh, what? That's the guy. (laughs) He's an Obama donor as well. Okay. Well, the other thing is when stories like this big happen, that's all the news is. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, we got other weird stories like, okay, I'm just going to say it. Some dude was sending feces to Republicans in the mail. What? And Hillary Clinton is fundraising off of Trump being raided, basically saying that what she did was worse, but she got away with it. So give her money because she knows you will. Head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly and Get access to our After Hours Uncensored show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We're going to have one of those shows for you tonight. And we had one with Larry Elder last night. It was particularly, uh, it was really good. And uh, check out the library of kind of, we have Dave Landau. It was a really, really great members only show. You'll, you'll want to check awesome. that one out. And then we've also got Tales from the Inverted World. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff in the works. We're launching new shows. We've got two documentaries currently being produced, which will be in the members only section. We're going to be creating a whole bunch of content for you, so we really do appreciate it. Without further, uh, oh, so also smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Without further ado, joining us today to talk about all of this and more is Michael Seifert. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going well. Yeah, glad to be here. Who are you? Uh, A good corn farmer, sir? Yes. (laughs) Yes. My last name is pronounced Seifert, which apparently in kind of German slang used to mean exceptional corn harvester. So I can thank my ancestors for the endearing nickname. Uh, Yeah. My name is Michael Seifert. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Public Square. That's uh, how most people know me as of late. uh, We are essentially the largest network of non-woke businesses in the country. We have been disheartened by the world of woke corporatism. So we built a platform that's interactive and social in nature for people to be able to connect with the companies that are standing against woke corporatism. And I will also add on top of that, I'm, I'm excited you're here. We recently removed PayPal oh, yeah. as a subscription option from TimCast.com and use Parallel Economy, which is censorship resistant, co-founded by Dan Bongino. It's part of this rumble anti-Silicon Valley big tech net- network or whatever you want to call it. But uh, we, we here at TimCast, we're putting our money where our mouth is, and I'm excited you're here to talk about how we can do more, how other people can do more, and we can uh, stop giving money to people who hate us. Amen. It's that simple. Right on. We yeah. also have Mary Morgan. You do have me. Yes. Hi. <laughs> uh, my name's Mary. I co-host Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We're here at TimCast, and we cover all of the celebrities, movies, 
uh, entertainment, art, culture, games, stuff like that. We have fun over there. I'm happy to be back, and I know you all missed me very much. <laughs> you also have Ian Crossland, right. oh, video do. game yes. connoisseur, <laughs> actor, musician. My pleasure to be here. Your grace with I'm your looking presence. forward. Thank you so much, Mary. Great to see you too. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it going. That's right. I am also on Pop Culture Crisis every Wednesday, three to about five p.m. It's always a lot of fun. You guys should join us over there. Let's go. Just real quick, what do you think we should we should leave with the Epstein thing oh, or the gosh. or the raid? So so the raid <laughs> on the seizing of the cell phone, I think, is like big breaking news. Yeah. But it's like maybe we should go with that, and then we'll talk about the Epstein stuff, right? You think that yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump with this. We'll jump to the story then. We have this from Washington Times. Trump ally Rep. Scott Perry says FBI seized his cell phone one day after the raid on former President Donald Trump. The FBI has seized the cell phone of a Republican member of Congress. Rep. Scott Perry, Pennsylvania Republican, said in a statement to Fox News that three FBI agents handed him a warrant and demanded his phone. Quote, this morning while traveling with my family, three FBI agents visited me and seized my cell phone. They made no attempt to contact my lawyer who would have made arrangements for them to have my phone if that was their wish. I'm outraged, though not surprised, that under the FBI, uh, that under the F, that the FBI under the direction of Merrick Garland's DOJ would seize the phone of a sitting member of Congress. Mr. Perry's statement did not elaborate on whether he was told anything about what the FBI was seeking on the phone. Mr. Perry is a founding member and current chairman of the conservative House Freedom Caucus. Oh my God. As a close ally of former President Donald Trump, the Democrat appointed January 6th panel has shown interest in his communications with Trump around that time. It's fascinating. Wasn't Ron DeSantis also one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus? I'm not sure. Question. I, don't know I would look believe it. Up. it. I look it up. We're big fans of the Freedom Caucus. We are. And I have to say, this is not surprising in the least. But, uh, man, look, when, when a story like this happens, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's bad. When Steve Bannon gets arrested, you're like, oh, wow, that's bad. After the raid on Donald Trump's home, it's a, it's a whole new territory. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is a sitting member of Congress had his phone seized by the feds. Yeah, DeSantis did help start the Freedom Caucus. Where we are right now is that it's not former administration officials. It is current elected representatives being targeted by the Department of Justice. So where does this end? So I remember you talking Civil about. War. Yeah, said of it. course. You said it. All right. Take your drinks, everyone. So Tim talked about this situation where there would be two cars driving somewhere. I don't remember the story. It was Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi wrote this. Really? Matt Taibbi wrote, I think it was last October. That's great. That we will get to the arrest that man phase, which sparks a civil war where you will have two cars speeding towards a a police jurisdiction where the men will jump out and point at each other, arrest that man. Is that where we are? We're beyond that. We're, you know, so, so the question about that stuff is, will there be a fight over the institution of law enforcement? Democrats have weaponized it. Republicans are too weak. Hmm. Look, I appreciate Rick Santorum being on this show, but he was like, no, we got to follow the rules. We can't do this stuff. And it's like, I'll see you in the gulag, brother. Yeah. Mm. I'm full abolish the FBI at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, and that's the reality. It's like the I think in the battle for law enforcement, there's still some constitution adhering awesome local police officers, sheriffs and communities around the country. 
But the FBI, and I'm not saying that they're all bad apples, but my goodness. I mean, the whole institution itself has been robbed and is so centralized in nature. So I, 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 people still have hope for it. I don't. I think the only answer with the FBI, an institution that's as nationalized and centralized as that at this point, is get rid of it. We're in like Can't a, reform it. a completely different reality. Maybe not completely, but, but relative to like 1970 when it was wiretapping phones and it was a big deal, like when Nixon got found to be wiretapping the Democratic whatever it was, the Democrats during his, his campaign. Yeah, the DNC or whatever. Um, now it's digital. So much data is stored digitally. And for, for these companies to be able to – I'm calling the FBI a company because it's kind of functioning like its own company uh, – is able to just like peruse digital data and scrape huge amounts of people's data, uh, conversations and stuff. It didn't exist in, in 50 years ago. So we maybe we do need new – New rules and functions, but the thing is, de facto, whoever can do it is going to do it. Yeah. So I saw uh, Hassan Piker tweeted. Oh, you know, you know, you're familiar yeah, with him. Yeah. He's a left wing guy. He said something about liking watching Stephen Crowder cry to to defund the FBI or whatever. And I'm like, hasn't Crowder ragged on the FBI for a really, really long time? Yeah, this isn't new. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, so I'm like, I hear you, brother Hassan. You know, when you're like cheering for Stephen Crowder talking about defunding the FBI, and I'm like. Many of us have been there for a while now. Maybe, yeah. maybe if you agree with that, yeah. maybe there's like a, a caucus that can be formed between progressives and Republicans where it's like, okay, we all agree. We're going to get rid of that one. Maybe yeah. the F- ATF while we're at it. I mean, they don't like the government, right? They're supp- supposedly. Yep. So how about we all just say, uh, you know, um, abolish many of these yep. DOJ, DHS institutions. Huh? How about that? I'm all in for getting rid of the three-letter agencies. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. You look at their track record. I'm a big like that you can tell a tree by the fruit. And the fruit of the FBI has been nothing but tyranny. Mm-hmm. That seems very corporate in nature for the last two, three decades. And this goes all the way back to, you're right, the 70s. Um, and even, I would argue, even further than that. But the FBI is a, is an institution, the CIA is an institution um, that has such a political agenda to it that it's impossible to claim that they're biased. And that's, you even had people today... Um, like Andrew Yang that was calling that out, yeah, that was Andrew willing Cuomo. to admit that, yeah. like, this looks political in nature. And so when people's immediate de facto response at this point is like, oh, there's the FBI being political again, like, that's a sign that the tree is rotten. The fruit's mm-hmm. rotten. This thing needs to just be uprooted. Yeah, 100%. This is the first time I've ever retweeted Andrew Cuomo because he yeah, was on right? it quicker than some of these Republicans. Same for Andrew Yang. But yep. you know why he was on it? I'm okay, sure first, he first, he's worried. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I will first say... I can respect that uh, Cuomo came out and said the right thing. Right. I will give him credit for that. <laughs> I will then add, maybe the guy who killed 15,000 people yeah. by putting COVID patients in nursing homes might be a little worried about what the government's going to do when they go after politicians. Yep. He's sitting in his living room and he sees the news and he goes, wait, we're doing that now? Oh, I boy. thought we were off limits. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes for you, man. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the problem with the weaponization of all this stuff. But uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how the Republicans 
I don't know what the Republicans would even do. Kevin McCarthy's acting like he's like, mark your calendar, Merrick Garland, because when we get in in November, we're going to send you more sternly worded letters while you continually destroy this country. I I don't understand why what like worst case scenario or even just like normal case scenario. If Trump were to get elected again and to get in office, like what would be what would be that bad? He's going to fire him. Maybe. Maybe people will get fired. Maybe that's what this is about. But like, really, the threat of our country is not there. There's no like. Oh, maybe something is going to devastate. Like we're okay. It's the economy no, no, is no. bad, and we need to fix the economy, regardless of who's the bureau- in power. The bureaucratic state has been in power for too long, and they will not let an elected official remove them from power. There is this parasitic entity that is the bureaucratic state latched onto our country, suckling away and controlling it like a brain slug. And Donald Trump is trying to remove it, but it's almost impossible. It is resisting. Mm-hmm. Yep. These people aren't elected. They get appointed. They stay in through numerous administrations, these civil servants. So I have to, we've, we've talked about it on the show, you know, a president gets in the gets in office. They're like, I'm going to get the troops out of the Middle East. Mm. And then a bunch of documents on, their de- on the desk and they say, no, you're going to bomb this guy, this guy, and this guy. And he goes, mm, okay, I'm going to blow up kids. Yep. And that's exactly what happens. So when Donald Trump gets in, this is my theory, my hypothesis. They say, okay, Mr. President, you're the president. Fine. Boom. They slam the files on the desk. This is our agenda. This is what we do. And he goes, no, no, we're not doing any of that. That's stupid. I don't know. I don't know why you want to do that. And then they start saying, no, no, you don't understand. Like, we're the CIA. Like, we do these things. This is what we're doing in wine. He goes, don't know. Don't care. How does it help America? And they're like, okay, we got to stop this guy. Hmm. I think there was a point uh, before Trump got elected, he had a meeting with a bunch of like establishment figures. I was in D.C. for it. Apparently, he was like in a building somewhere. And I bet they were like, if you win, will you play ball? And he said, if I win, I'm the president and we're going to do what America wants. And then I think these people were like, OK, that's it. He can't win. He can't be allowed to win. Yeah. So I'll give you a real world. I'll give you an example. Our, our Middle Eastern agenda. I talk about it often. The Qatar Turkey pipeline. We had a multi presidential agenda. doesn't matter who the president is. We were doing this, building these pipelines, trying to get energy into Europe, competing with Russia. Donald Trump comes in and goes, no, excuse me. No. And he shuts it all down. Shut they, down the TPP too. the TPP. Oh, that was like kicking him in the balls. Yeah, yeah. Really. So they're sh- shrieking. Yeah. Now Donald Trump says, I'm going to fire all of them. Schedule F. And they're just losing their minds. Yeah. So this is what you get when you have unelected bureaucrats who actually run your country. Ray signed off on this. This is what people are saying. Okay, I want to pretend to know what was going on in the inner workings of this. But this, they, they know what they're doing. They are trying to stop someone from being able to become the duly elected president for a second time. This is also like you don't – this is Kennedy. He came out and he was like, I'm going to break up the CIA. And then Kennedy got assassinated. Like you don't threaten the CIA. If you're going to fire people, you just do it when you have the ability to do it. Let me, you don't like tell them all ahead of time you're going to do it. Well, let me, let, me, let me ask you. Like do you know what the – like why leave – why – what was the motivation of Lee Harvey Oswald? Hmm. Uh, what the original, the actual story is like? What's the what? what, what he was what like an they, angry what, communist Fidel Castro sympathizer, and, and he didn't it? like Kennedy. Yeah, hmm. I, don't know. I mean that's maybe the, I guess that's the story. Yeah, that's the story. But yeah. he was working with groups that were. I think what happened was he loaned a group of radicals his gun, and then they placed they they killed Kennedy and put his gun did, in the building. Well, didn't, didn't you, Kennedy want to get us stop Vietnam or something like that? Yeah, he was a pretty anti-war guy in general. So why would a communist be escalating? He was actually escalating Vietnam. He was escalating. Yeah, Yeah, but he but he had always said that there was a power greater than him that was manufacturing a lot of the crises Mm. that were happening. Remember, he was like, "There's that famous quote that 
Kennedy was basically saying that I'm not fully the one in charge here. There's a whole different so thing happening behind the curtain, and and then obviously he's taken out. Also, so he, get, he and his brother Bobby went hard on the mob, hard on the mob. Yeah. So they think yeah. maybe the mob was involved in killing him. Yeah. Do you guys want to pull back the curtain a little bit? Yes. Yeah. All right, take a look at this story from the New York Post. No. The judge who okayed the Mar-a-Lago raid is an Obama donor once linked to Jeffrey Epstein. What? Now, I stated this in the intro to the show when I heard the news. I said, yeah, yeah, it was a, what does Epstein linked mean? It's like his brother once catered a restaurant Epstein served dinner at. You know, you get these sensational headlines. And then I read it. And it was, he was a federal prosecutor who abruptly switched sides, joining the defense for Jeffrey Epstein, um, uh, for his lieutenants, not for Epstein specifically. And, uh, okay, that's weird. Check it out. Reinhardt was elevated to magistrate judge in 2018 after 10 years in private practice. That November, the Miami Herald, reported that he had represented several of Epstein's employees, including, by Reinhardt's own admission to the outlet, Epstein's pilots, his scheduler, Sarah Kellen and Nadia Marcinkova, who Epstein once reportedly reportedly described as his Yugoslavian sex slave. Kellen, Kellen and Marcinkova were among Epstein's lieutenants, who were granted immunity as part of a controversial 2007 deal with federal prosecutors that allowed him to plead guilty to state charges rather than federal crimes. Epstein wound up serving just 13 months in county jail and was granted work release. Mm-hmm. That's really, really interesting. In the Miami Herald story, they mention, actually, look, they say um, he donated to Barack Obama's presidential campaign months after he left the local U.S. attorney's office to rep employees of the convicted pedo Jeffrey Epstein, who had received immunity in the long running trafficking investigation of the financier. Uh, financier. So this guy was accused. Uh, many, many are arguing, I, I, I guess his his side of it was. He didn't have any previous information or anything. They say 10 months after starting work for Epstein's co-conspirators, according to the Federal Election Commission, Reinhardt gave $1,000 directly to the Obama campaign and another $1,000 to its fundraising arm, the Obama Victory Fund. Though the records show the judge made mostly small dollar donations, blah, blah, blah. I don't know uh, how much I care about the donation stuff, but I think what's interesting is that he's basically accused of flipping sides. In a 2013 court filing, Reinhardt's former colleagues contradicted him, saying, he had learned confidential non-public public information about the Epstein matter while employed by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Reinhardt noted to the Herald in response that a complaint filed against him by a lawyer for Epstein's victims had been dismissed. In a 2011 affidavit, Reinhardt denied he had done anything improper and insisted that since he was not involved in the federal investigation of Epstein, he was not privy to inside information about the case. As recently as January of 2015, Reinhardt was asked to appear on Newsmax to give analysis on the Epstein fallout, but declined to uh, to publicly note his own role in the case. Okay, maybe it's just he's a judge in the area. That's all it is, right? Maybe it's just one big coincidence. Hmm. My favorite conspiracy theory right now, Donald Trump apparently took classified documents to Mar-a-Lago. The conspiracy theory is he took it as he took it as leverage from his time as president. I mean, look, people were saying that if Trump lost, they would lock him up, right? And so now the theory is Trump took leverage. They're trying to get the leverage back. That being said, I do believe the simple solution in the absence of evidence is simply that Trump had a bunch of staffers grabbing boxes from the White House when he was leaving. Some of those boxes had documents. That's about it. But if that's all that it is, like if I if I, I said this today, if I was on the left right now and if I was a big, you know, anti-Trump person, I would be furious at the FBI right now. I'd be furious at this judge because if you shoot the king and miss... 
Like your your whole case is destroyed. You just made the best possible argument for Trump 2024. So yep. if it's really just, oh, well, there's a few boxes that got pulled from some staffers and ended up in his house, and that was enough to issue this whole raid on his house. And you saw today the FBI saying, we don't like the word raid. Stop using raid. So right. then you saw MSNBC go in real time and change the word raid to a, oh, a, a routine search warrant. And so if it's all that it was, it's just some boxes got left behind, like they just made the case for Trump 2024. Which says to me, I mean, I believe they know that. Yeah. That going after a sitting president is a very, very serious matter. So they really wanted whatever those documents were. Again, look, when it comes to conspiracy theories, they're fun. I'd love to believe in a world where Trump is behind the scenes and he's like walking down the hallway <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Former President, we have the plan. We have the, the documents here. And he's like, they don't know who they're up against. But in reality, it's like some intern grabbed a box yeah. and he's just like, what are they searching for? They're in my safe. And then they find a box and it's like just routine confidential nonsense. Hmm. Yeah. Is Trump the mastermind everybody wants him to be? Is there a deep underground? Is there a cabal? Is there a secret conspiracy? Are the elites at war? Eh. I don't think he's a mastermind, but I do think you you nailed it earlier when you were talking about some of the agencies in the deep state that he's his presidency exposed, like how big that rot was. So I think Trump's a guy more than anything that's just honest and pretty bombastic in nature. And so he came in and he's going with his playbook. And there are a lot of people in the way of that playbook. And I don't think it was because of his genius 4D chess. I think he was just being different than any president we've ever had. And in turn, it blew up a lot of the. China that was in the Oval Office and in the bureaucratic establishment of D.C. And then all of a sudden we're realizing that, like, whoa, the mess is way deeper than we realized. And so we credit that to Trump. But Trump's just being who he is. Trump just came in like a bull in a china shop and knocked everything over. And in turn, we're learning, like, whoa, this is this stench is rotten. I think, you know, what I've said in the past about Trump is that he slips on a banana peel but pulls a perfect backflip. Yes. Like you watch him go, whoa, and then he just lands. Like the Ukraine gate. Yeah. The phone call he had with, uh, with, uh, I think it was Zelensky. Zelensky. Yeah. Was, was funny because he was like, what's this thing we're hearing about Joe Biden and the prosecutor? I don't know. Could you look into that? And it was like, they try painting Trump as this nefarious, like 4D chess mastermind who was orchestrating, sabotaging Joe Biden's candidacy when reality, the reality was he was on Twitter and he saw a video someone retweeted of Biden saying, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you don't get the billion dollars. And then Trump's like, oh, I better call this guy and ask him. And he's like, what is that? And so they're like, he's a mastermind trying to sabotage Biden. Uh, He probably slipped on a banana banana peel, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. Now we all know about it. So more Forrest Gump than Adolf Hitler is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Exactly. That's a good way to. That's a really good way. He's not thinking ten steps ahead. Yeah, and and it works out because his. I actually, you know, people believe what they want about Trump. That's fine. I my big thing is that. I believe he means what he says, um, especially related to his motivations around things. Honestly, he's pretty forward about his own self-interest in a lot of dealings. But his self-interest ends up helping the American people in a lot of ways. This was his campaign in 2016. is like this pro-America nationalist sort of mentality around things like manufacturing and the economy in general. Like that resonated with American people because by being himself, in turn, it was really fighting for the interest that Americans finally felt like were represented by a political candidate. And I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I, 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 things may be bad. The night is always darkest before the dawn. 
But from 2016 to now, when you think about how the establishment lost control, it's kind of funny. Yeah, he oh, gave yeah. me kind the of schadenfreude a, of their failures. Is, he, oh, gave, yeah. he gave me a, a psychic jolt of like the um, you as an American can take care of yourself and yes. your your immediate re- reality. But it also I've started to think about the military industrial complex, and I used to be very hateful of it and critical of it. But now I'm like, there's gonna be one on Earth. There's mm-hmm. gonna be an overarching military. Is it gonna be one that the U.S. controls, or is it gonna be one that China controls? I, I want. I just want to make sure I issue a clarification. Because it may have sounded as if we were saying he does have classified information. I don't know that. Yeah. That's just the accusation. Yeah. There, there, yeah. People people are claiming yeah. that the feds did seize the documents they were looking for. I don't know if that's confirmed. I saw these tweets where they're like, well, if they went in there, that means they had to have gotten um, a warrant, which means he was must have been committing a crime. I'm like, what in the hell kind of <laughs> yeah. reverse logic yeah. did you do? Well, no, they don't no. believe in the Fifth Innocent Amendment. Innocent until proven guilty. And I, just because they say they found something doesn't mean they found something. We got to, you know, you really need evidence here. We got to sh- display evidence. I don't like the Patriot Act. I don't like that people can can detain people without recourse. This is insane. Are you, are you even starting that- to understand the banality of evil, Ian? These are people oh, who yeah. are who are cheering for the I idea of guilty until proven innocent. Hmm. Well. I don't hear innocent people getting raided by the FBI, so clearly it must mean Trump's guilty. Yeah, if you have nothing to hide, then let them spy on you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not how it works, man. You have the right to privacy. Yeah, and I tweeted something the other day about the IRS and how these 87,000 agents are coming and are going to make your life worse in every conceivable way. And someone said, well, you shouldn't be worried if you don't have anything to hide. And I'm like, so I should be fine with surveillance because I don't have anything to hide. That's the exact same argument. Like, What about your balls? Yeah, right. Like, if they're like, putting cameras everywhere, maybe you don't want people looking at your yeah, body. And also, yeah. what? What if they, they pass some new law where it's like, it's illegal to be a human? And then they're like, you're like, or, or it's illegal to walk outside on TV. Like, you can't make a stupid law and then yeah. uh, spy on someone to see if they're violating your stupid law and then bust them for that. Yeah, like, just because your conscience is clean and you're not doing anything wrong doesn't mean you should have your house broken into. Especially when you're the former president of the United States with all the political implications that come with that. And then even this representative from Pennsylvania, like he just said what happened. Agents walked up, took his phone. They could have gone through the lawyers. There would have been a cordial process, but it was that, nope, you know what? We believe you're guilty they, already, and they, we're just going to yank they it. They want to make sure he didn't delete anything off his phone, but like they gave Hillary Clinton plenty of time to exactly. scrape her emails. She had, she had her phone her smashed whole, with hammers. Yeah. 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 Of course, she was working with the DNC and the Democratic establishment. I don't like calling it. I don't want to play Democrat-Republican here. She's with that liberal economic order, um, and I don't think this guy was. Fair point is that Trump has not been charged with anything. And they did take Hillary Clinton's server and, and, and scan through it and read every email. So, yeah, I saw some pretty damning stuff come out of her emails. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, there was a hundred. I mean, well, for one, the WikiLeaks stuff. Yeah. The DCCC and things like that. But uh, she had 110 classified emails. So people are pointing out now like, yeah, well, they did it to Hillary and she didn't get charged with the crime and Trump's not being charged with the crime. And it's like, yes, we understand there is a double standard. Yeah, they're, they're 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 not going to come out and be like, well, Trump did it, but so did Hillary. No, they're going to be like, Trump did it, lock him up. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the feeling people are like starting to accept that it's like, ah, oh, just okay, maybe the government is kind of dirty and evil, and they got a side that they want you to be on. But I just want to be on that side. Then let's just keep doing our life. Let's keep having Sunday cookouts and eating watermelon, and life's going to be dandelions. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, at some point, you got to stand up for righteousness itself, and and like. Not just be in a club. I don't know, man. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it's like pick your tribe, and that's how it's always been. I don't know. I yeah, no. I I don't know how you would go to sleep at night if I knew what was right and I don't do it. 
it's that exact thing. I'm denying righteousness. I'm denying the opportunity to make change. I think people have lost the hope that they can make change, which is a deeper issue because I think they feel like, okay, well, the establishment's in place and clearly it's not moving. If they're willing to go after the former president, like they can destroy my life. I think there's a level of hopelessness. But my big encouragement to people all the time is like that happened over the course of a few decades. It can be reversed over the course of a few decades as well. Like all you need is someone to come in into different positions of power in regions around the country that basically strip everything out. One thing that I'm excited about that I was disappointed in Trump even going back to this conversation in 2016 is he had all these hopes of draining the swamp. He gets in, he refuses to fire a lot of the people that made the problems really, really bad. His worst mistake was that he had personnel around him that was really detrimental. Now, I think if it was to be him or anyone in 2024, you're right, Ian, everything is so out in the open that it's like you can't deny it anymore. You have to uproot or else we're not going to make it moving forward. This is why they, they won't allow a power change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is this is the Democratic establishment, the Democrats and many conservatives rejecting the peaceful transition of power. But they're doing it early. It's funny because there's viral tweets. Jack Posobiec retweeted one guy who was, who was criticizing Trump over uh, Ukraine gate saying he was going after his political rival and it's like are where are you now mm. yeah cuz cuz what's what's yeah. the difference yeah if that was your argument yeah joe biden didn't announce he was running for president no one thought he was gonna yeah they didn't think he was a front runner and the funny thing is many progressives who are bernie progressives were telling me like he's clearly going after biden and i'm like aren't you a bernie supporter like what makes you think biden is the front runner why why wouldn't trump be going after bernie he was the guy everyone was talking about and they were like oh well blah, 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 blah. You know, in no regards response. to what you're saying, Michael, about winding it back, like it took us 20 years from the Patriot Act to get to this crazy surveillance state that we could wind it back. I don't know if that's true because the digital data is there to be scraped. And it's like we have to go forward and create like um, encryption, like levels of quantum encryption that even government agencies and, and, and military complex machines can't hack if that's possible. Um, and it's like. There's no, it's like an avalanche and we're not going to make the avalanche go back uphill. You just got to figure out how to build a suit so that you can swim the avalanche and not get crushed by the snow. What does reversing course mean for individuals anyway? In what, in what context? In this transfer of power. Well, because we complied with it for two decades. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've we done the things. We've danced the dance. We've done what they've told us to. We bought the stuff from China. We sacrificed our convictions and what made America special on the altars of cheap convenience. We did the things so that we could have levels of ease and convenience in the marketplace and our travel experience and et cetera. And I think part of reverting course in my mind looks like the average American standing up and just detaching from that system anymore, saying, I'm not going to keep going along with it. And so we saw a lot of that happen in the past year with COVID and the whole vaccine mandate stuff is you had people finally get pushed to a brink where they said, like, my job's on the line, but I don't care. My convictions are so strong that I'll let them fire me. And uh, they'll take away the demand. And then you see companies start to revert course because of that. I think that's how we do it. For a lot of people, it wasn't just about convictions. It was just a stress test. Yeah. Some people were like, I'm just done. I'd rather sleep under a bench. I'd rather just sleep in the street than deal with all of this stuff. Let me pull up this next story. We have this tweet from Talk Radio 77 WABC. Breaking news. Palm Beach authorities on alert about armed protesters expected at Mar-a-Lago. And I love uh, I I love the comments. People are saying things like it's going to be a bunch of guys in polo shirts, khaki shorts and sunglasses with short (laughs) trim hair. And and that's right. Fed boys. So I don't know if there's any developments on this or how much this story is, is legit. We did see a bunch of people out in front of Mar-a-Lago protesting and cheering for Trump. 
And so when I see a story like this, for one, Fed boys, that's basically what everybody is saying, that they're going to come out and it's going to, you know, what would you call it, I guess? A false flag? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The feds are going to come out pretending to be Trump supporters or something. And, and then get, get rowdy. Yeah. It's yeah. not just that. They're going to lure groups who aren't part of the Fed to participate. But then maybe there's there's the hanging threat that the feds are going to incite violence and then blame it on the ordinary people they lured there. Exactly. That's what happened so. at January 6th, right? That's, yeah. Well, un- well, we don't, we don't un- unverified, we don't, but we don't yeah. know that. There Take is suppositions like with Ray Epps that he had been a plant. No one really, I don't even know if that's ever been confirmed. Did he used to work for the FBI or anything? I don't, I don't, I don't know or care about, um, to speculate on Ray Epps because of what they're trying to do to manipulate that story. My point is, my, my point on this is simple. Let's approach it from, hey, there's a guy in camera inciting violence. You should arrest him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And that's then, the target, not the other Instead, people. What they're doing is they're using the fact that people have claimed conspiracy theory to discredit the entirety of the Ray Ray Epps scam. But Epps was yelling, like, let's go to the Capitol stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on video. Let me me tell you about about this tactic used by leftists for a long time. What they do is they'll get a handful of people. They will organize a peaceful protest so they can get mass. And they'll say, everybody come down and march and raise your fist. They, they, they will coordinate different groups with their strategy. They'll say some people's job is to obstruct. So they'll convince people like, hey, stand here. The people don't know what they're doing. Right. When they go for a peaceful protest, they have no idea the plan of the organizers. The pawn has no idea that the knight is about to move next. And so what they'll do is they have aggressors, basically, that will mix in the crowd and incite the violence because they want to do two things. They need the cover of a mass group to be able to engage in violence and get away. And they also want videos of these regular people being beaten by cops. So they will start the fight. The regular person will get hit. They will then go to that regular person and say, why were the cops hitting you? What? Oh, can you believe? You got to join us, man. That's how they recruit. That's the plan. That's how the FBI works to perpetuate its own existence. They create the reasons that they supposedly exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Look at uh, the Whitmer thing. Yeah. Great example. Yeah. What was it like? They were all informants. Yeah, it was yeah, like one guy that yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. The so poor bad. guy just got yeah. brought in. And that's what they do. They'll target the lonely people that are isolated from community, and they'll lead them to feel like they're part of some movement. And it's all these feds that are inviting them into creating a problem that requires them to be the solution. And there are a lot of people that do this in in the corporate world, too. I mean, George Soros gets accused of this often, right? Putting money toward destruction so that he can come in and profit off the cleanup. You know, there's there's a lot there that we've seen this time and time again. Part of the reason I'm so frustrated with the FBI and their dealings is that it's not just what they're doing, like this Trump scenario, like this guy with his phone. 
Uh, it's also what they're not doing. So in the process of spending all of their time sending all these agents to Trump's home, they're ignoring the fact that the current president's son, we have him on video and photo evidence instances where the guy is dealing in incredibly illegal activity and they're silent. Or Larry Nassar, silent. What's like the Larry Nassar thing? The gymnastics, USA Gymnastics. I don't know about this. Tell me about yeah, it. Crazy. He's abusing the girls? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the FBI, FBI knew about knew. it. Yeah, they knew. They knew about Epstein. <laughs> yeah, they knew about Epstein. I mean, the examples are endless, and you're absolutely right. Oftentimes, they, they need to boost their budget. They need to create problems so that Point. they can exemplify why they're needed as a solution. Another example of that, I think, is industrial, agricultural, pharmaceutical, like this thing where they'll feed people bread that's sprayed, sprayed with glyphosate, the wheat, as a desiccant to dry it out before harvest that makes people just like grotesquely ill and then they create pills that will you know treat it and then so they're not only creating the glyphosate or these i don't know if it's all the same people but they're creating the chemicals that to put on the food to make the people sick then they make the medicines to, to yeah. it's 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 then self-replicating the medicines make people sick mm-hmm. yeah. yeah a lot of times they do a lot of times the treatments make people more sick than the diseases themselves it's 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 a terrible um reality of of using like experimental medicine on a population it's it's devastating well a perfect example recently is um that i'm not insinuating anything youtube um but pfizer is upping their uh intentionality with heart issue medicine Mm -hmm. so issues like myocarditis pushing prescriptions that solve that issue you make your conclusions as to why but yes, it's a, this exact thing. Pfizer and these big pharmaceutical companies—they're—they operate by the same playbook. Wasn't wasn't there like a document recently? So I saw some story where they basically said sh- we should reconsider curing diseases. Do you, really? Did you saw that? That sounds what? like a type of headline you could expect. Oh, I hope you got a, got that. Can on. you Google I'm that? I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Right I now. saw that on Twitter. They were, they were like, we should reconsider. I can't remember where I saw it. it may have been. It may, have, it may actually be an old story. Like reconsider. I remember that. Yeah, it was something about like. Yeah. Is it a story or just an opinion piece? No, I think I saw it was a document from. I could be wrong. That's why I'm saying fact check it because I I just saw it yeah, on social it was media. Like, it was something like find from anything? a drug company, and they were like, "It's not really monetarily wise to cure diseases. We just need well, to like true. sell those these pills." Let me look it up. I'm seeing from popsci.com. We're closer to curing all diseases than we think. Mm. Uh, they're like curing blindness. I mean, we're mm. if we can actually heal the blind and let the blind see again. A lot of people Which, think they have the cure to cancer and are hiding it from everyone. So, the, so they have to pay for the treatment. The truth is that cancer comes from so many different sources that there's not like a single cure for cancer. So I understand the thinking because the the cost of fixing cancer is extremely lucrative. But did well, you find it? I mean, I found a story Oh shit. from MedPage today. What? Curing patients is bad for business. Well, yes. Apparently, <laughs> they say an article by Take Him on CNBC, Goldman Sachs issued a report. So it's not, not a drug company. That suggested that drug developers might want to think twice about making drugs that were too effective. Mm. <laughs> what do you say? The potential to deliver one-shot cures is one of the most attractive aspects of gene therapy. Genetically engineered cell therapy and gene editing. However, such treatments offer a very different outlook with regard to recurring revenue versus chronic therapies. While the proposition carries tremendous value for patients in society, it could represent a challenge for genome medicine developers looking for sustained cash flow. Oh, medicine you, developers you guys, looking for cash flow. Is That's it, so gross. Isn't yeah. the first light bulb ever still on and has been on for like a hundred years in like a firehouse something in New like York or something that. like that? Wow. I don't know. Yeah, can I've you pull that up? About that. The, the, uh, the argument, the idea was that they needed planned obsolescence. Otherwise, you'd sell a light bulb and then you'd never sell another it one. It was yeah. too effective. Yeah. 
too effective. Well, yeah, I found the article from CNBC that says Goldman Sachs asks in a biotech research report, is curing patients a sustainable business model? And I guess it kind of makes sense that it's not, which makes us then ask why. Yeah, 2018, we have it right here, CNBC. Yeah, it's been a few years I ago. Just use gene therapy that wears off and you need to boost it. Yeah, you need more boosters. Well, or, or how about a two-stage gene therapy? The first one cures it. The second one starts it back up. Yeah, just a perpetual cycle. Or yeah. a subscription, yeah, a subscription, subscription. service. Yes. <laughs> okay. How about Jesus. wait, wait? How about it cures the disease, but also gives you a different disease that requires paying a subscription, like a one for one program. Yeah, you get that's a, okay. yeah, like so a swap. Like yeah. violence. If violence is the disease, then the military industrial complex is the is the treatment. It's not a cure. It's a treatment because if they cure the violence, then they're no longer necessary, and then we won't have any reason to fund a military. But then that's the because they're afraid that. Violence Violence will strike again, that it'll never truly be gone. And they're just saying with illness, illness will never truly be gone. So mm. if we stop making medicine, we won't be prepared when a, when a big one comes, when an asteroid land or a comet lands that has a bacterium on it that causes some new disease that Pfizer wasn't ready for. I, I understand that living in fear like that. I just, it comes to a point where you got to not try and profit off of the pain and suffering of humans. Mm. So, you know, I was talking about this earlier. There is a, and the other day, there, there's a point in history when you look at major historical moments, like uh, Spanish Civil War or the Russian Revolution or uh, Nazi Germany. When people left, they moved to other countries and survived. And I, I, you'd always read and ask them, like, why did your family flee? What made them realize? And, you know, Nazi Germany obviously being the obvious one because of how bad things got. They say things like the demonization of, the, of these groups, and we were like, they're targeting us. But then the other question is, why did people stay? And a lot of people stayed thinking it could never happen, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't get worse. And so I was thinking about, like, Kristallnacht, right? You're familiar? Yeah. Uh, the broken glass. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Me, tell me an elevator pitch. I'm familiar, but in case people don't know. What they, uh, people went around smashing up Jewish, Jewish, Jewish businesses. It was like in one night in Germany, Nazi Germany. Um, I'm not, I don't know the full historical details other than yeah. the general idea. It was in one yeah. night. Yeah. 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 Night of broken it, glass. There was, yeah, it was a pattern that went on for weeks, but it was one specific night, Kristallnacht, yeah, night of the broken glass that was like lived in infamy because it was this horrible night that the country, it, it, it was sort of like a Rubicon moment where it's like, you guys just crossed a major line that's going to be impossible to come back from. And then it just de-escalated. Mm-hmm into everything that Nazi Germany became. It escalated into Yeah, I should but say. The country, the country de-escalated. Yeah, That's yeah. a better way to word it. So, you know, I, I've read about people who said, like, when that happened, they were like, we have to get out of here. And then there are a lot of people who didn't. And it's like, when something like that happens, why didn't you get out? Yeah. They weren't activated socially. That's for sure. Those people had no I think, idea what was going I, on. No, I think it's because we have the gift of hindsight. Yeah. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Uh, um, AOC comes out and fabricates a story about January 6th. That the cop, someone knocked on her door and said, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> and she's like, I'm hiding in the bathroom. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to die or whatever she said. I don't know. That story happened an hour before anyone had breached the Capitol. Mm. A full hour. She had no idea. However, in hindsight, she knows most people don't know the details of the day. All they know is people stormed the Capitol. So if she tells this story, it sounds like this thing happened. When we read history... And we read about Crystal Knocked and things like that. We think, well, how could they not have seen it coming? Yeah. Only because we know what did happen. Today, I don't mean to imply that um, what's happening now is identical to what's happened in Nazi Germany or anything like that. History doesn't repeat. It rhymes. There are similarities. Take a look at anything that's happened 
in the past couple of years and ask yourself why you haven't fled because you don't know what lies ahead. And so for us to look back on history and know what the end result was, we'd say, clearly at that point, I'd get out. Would you? Would you really? Any of you? Maybe after, I don't know, billions of dollars in damage, when a when a Marxist political faction ransacked this country from the biggest cities to smallest town, when we have quotes from a guy who said there was fighting in his building and he called the police in New York and they said, sir, the city is under attack. What would you have us do? When we saw riots in almost every in, in almost every major city, $2 billion was the insurance cap on the damage, 30 plus dead. And everyone says, it's just right. Uh, Maybe it will become something worse. And then I wonder if in 50 years, people will look back at the summer of love and say, why didn't they get out when that happened? When when you had Black Lives Matter, an identitarian Marxist organization, smashing things up, organizing destruction, they they thought everything was fine. Well, I'll tell you this. A lot of people have already fled to Mexico. We read that story. We thought it was funny. Yeah. Max, a lot of people are going to El Salvador. And yeah, Costa Max Rica. Kaiser. Max Kaiser uh, prominently and Stacey Herbert have gone to El Salvador because they're huge maximalists for Bitcoin. And they, they've adopted Bitcoin as a national currency in El Salvador. El Salvador, yeah. Yeah, El Salvador. Mm-hmm. El Salvador. And uh, like Einstein fled the Nazis. Einstein fled in like what? And 30, early. 36, 33 or so, early. 35. Yeah, way, way early. So that's just a question I have. I mean, so we're now at the point the, let me, where... The Department of Justice, under one political faction, has just raided the home of the the front runner of the rival political faction. Several members of his, his, his administration have been arrested. They have now seized the phone of an active member of Congress. Like, at, at what point are you like, hey, we're kind of in the thick of things where usually in history we learn about the people who survived or the ones who fled? I will say... Many people don't flee because they're like, this is my country and I will not let mm. it collapse. That's me, man. I can't, you know, we live in California. And yeah. so it's Yikes. California is yeah. where everyone else will be in 10 years. I mean, you're from New York. Same deal. Um, any of these big blue kind of metropolitan progressive authoritarian strongholds. Um, the California lifestyle at this point is so blatantly not in our favor that it's like, if you're going to stay, it's because you have to feel a special sort of conviction to stay. So I don't blame anyone that's left to Texas that goes to a red state and sets up shop there. Good for you. It makes sense. For us, though, it's like, man, there's 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 something holding me here that I can't leave. And in the same way in the United States, it's like we're it's going to get worse before it gets better. I, I don't. This is our country. I can't leave. Like, no matter where you flee, you run into more problems anywhere you go. Yeah, geez. You see the way they handle I mean, people in New Zealand, the way they handle lockdowns yeah. and Australia, kicking people's doors in and yeah. Mexico and scares. El Salvador have their own problems right. yes, that sure. I don't think we want to deal with. You know, when we're talking about all this, Mexico's fleeing, doing pretty well. I've been thinking a lot about fleeing and like, where would I go? What would I do? But I think what's happening is the United States is freaking awesome. And the state's control is really an awesome part of why. But people are fleeing, but they're fleeing states. Yes. It's, it, that's yeah. what the, that, you see the people, they got out early. They got out last year. They got out when COVID locked down. It's a bad like, sign if people are losing their allegiance to their state in their local area, though. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to point definitely an indication. Out, uh, Germany, if that's an example, is what? Roughly the size of Texas or a comparable? Smaller, a little smaller than that? I think. Um, we're a big country. Yeah, when huge. the summer, summer of love happened, we did get out. We, we left the South Jersey suburbs and came to West Virginia. Western Maryland and West Virginia. Right. So I literally was like, I'm getting out of this place. Right. So this is crazy. There's a couple of reasons why people wouldn't leave. 
First of all, because they don't have the money to do so. Like right now, I don't have the funds to pack up and move to El Salvador. I have no idea where I would work or what I would do if I were to do that. And the other reason that people would not leave the U.S. and ostensibly some of their states is that there is nowhere else to go. And I know that like Steve Hilton stays in California because he thinks that maybe he can save it. And he has people who agree with him. Uh, I have heard that much of California is not insane, crazy L.A. We're not. Right. They're all Orange County. They're like sane. Right. There's some actual conservatives over in California because there are a lot of people there. There are a lot of reasons to stay in the U.S. And I feel like this is just something we're going to have to go through. I don't know what else to say. Let Let me pull up this story from Yahoo News. Hillary Clinton promotes but her emails merch oh after gosh. FBI search of Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago. Seriously? So her her fundraiser pitch is, I did something way worse, got away with it, and now you're going to give me money. Oh, my God. The day after his Girl house boss. got raided, <laughs> literally oh 12 gosh. hours, drops merch. <laughs> and she has that, like, um, Photoshop picture of her looking y- like a younger picture of her yeah. with her huge, her all that work done on those cheekbones. Like, Hey, that. look, look, look. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the merch stuff. Trump has dropped targeted merch. He's he's also made fun of Democrats in a similar way. We really are seeing the left try to learn from how the right did meme warfare with like the dark branded meme. They're trying. They're really they trying. Do you see this? They made a Nazi meme of, of, of Joe Biden and then they unironically posted it. And people were like, what are you doing? Like that was made to make fun of Joe Biden. Why are you posting Do you that? have that image available? Nazi meme Pull Biden. Up dark Brandon rises and then go to images. Wasn't there a thought that this was a... Was it you and I was talking about this? Yeah. That so there was, that this was like a Chinese op type deal? Yeah, I wasn't able to confirm this. I okay. saw something on Twitter. I know everything on Twitter Because I was Twitter's super curious. Yeah, I, I really that. want to look into that. There oh it is. So, so we have it right here. This is the eagle. Here it is. So this is a mockery of The Dark Knight Rises oh, where there's so a bat. In, the, in like There's a skyscraper and he's looking down and there's like a bat in the buildings. And so they did this eagle, which many people pointed out is very similar to the the Nazi eagle. And he looks like the, Vladimir Lenin in that picture. Yeah, and what's it, going and, on? And, yeah. like, you know, it, hey, maybe you guys, when people make memes to make fun of Joe Biden and then you just take them and repost them, you should probably look into uh, what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah was this uh, supposed to be endearing? They're just like, illiterate to the internet. This is like in your mm-hmm. face. Like if it does, if history looks back and they're like, this is when the United States went full like totalitarian and then you see that image and they're like, oh, they just blatantly told everyone he was doing going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but like Joe Biden and doesn't even know this meme exists. Yeah, Joe's you see the video of him trying to ch- shake Chuck Schumer's hand twice. Oh my gosh, that was weird. And the jacket just held it there. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he shakes. It. So, so here's what Chuck, Chuck Schumer talks. Turns around, shakes Biden's hand. Biden puts his hand down and then looks and then pulls his hand out again and just <laughs> stares at him and then like puts it to his face. I can't imagine living in the fever dream that Biden experiences <laughs> on a daily basis. They're like yeah. bringing BTS into the White House, and he's like, "Hi, who are you?" And they don't speak any English. Well, this what's BTS? That Korean oh, that pop. K-pop. Oh, okay. yeah. what, is, what, is, what does BTS mean? It's a good um, question. Bang Tan Soyeon Don. Is that what it means? Does it? I don't know. No behind knows. the scenes. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was heard. behind the scenes or something like that. No idea. No. Bang Tang boys. You're right though on the fundraising piece. Do you um, do you remember last year when there was that video that came out attacking DeSantis because they didn't want him to uh, get credit for how awesome Florida's doing? So they basically tried to showcase that Florida's this terrible place full of freedom, and it was like this lovely video place. of all <laughs> these so people great. smiling and laughing, and they're like, they don't take masks seriously, and it's this family they walking look on the so beach. So happy. It's like yeah, you guys don't. <laughs> realize but you keep shooting yourself in the foot when you try to do stuff like this yeah 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 trump's done similar things and and trump supporters have done similar things in terms of making targeted merch but my point on the whole thing is like coming out and being like we got away with it now give us money it's kind of like uh, you know 
people are already worried about a double standard and an imbalance in the justice system, cackling while you raise money off of it is probably not going to help this country. No. But, I, you know, the funny thing is many of these Democrats think Donald Trump is the one who's committing all the crimes because they don't read the news. Yep. Mm. Dude, what is up with uh, people are obsessed with the cult? Like, it's the, but what I mean is the cult worship of the humans. Like, this political, I'm all about politics and understanding the way government works and wh- how many people you need to hire to be in the republic and to facilitate the transfer of power. But, like, when you get obsessed about the individuals and you're like, well, Joe Biden, if you, some people talk about Joe Biden, then another person's like, yeah, but Trump, like, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. I don't, I, I, like, let's focus on, and it's like it's a video game or like a movie and they're talking about their favorite characters or the villains they hate. Like, it, it's so, it seems so detached from reality of like, it, you better get enough food for your kids, like, or for yourself. We gotta really focus on making sure well, we, we, we reach our basic necessities. Yeah, the, the, the people who live in cities for the most part have no idea. No. When it comes to basic necessities. No. I was arguing with a guy in, on, uh, on Twitter once. It was really funny. He was a Yang supporter. And, uh, like, I was, I was a big fan of Yang early on. I think he's done things I don't agree with, but he, he's alright. He's, you know, whatever. Oh, I love him. But he uh, he was talking about UBI, and I was like, I, I agree with, like, he's created this huge, extensive policy list. He's really thought about it. I respect that. But UBI makes no sense. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I asked some guy. We were arguing. And I can't remember exactly what the context was, why we brought it up. But I mentioned, like eventually there's not going to be food in supermarkets or or eventually people won't be able to source things like milk if there's no one who's, you know, who's, who's doing base level jobs or we have to create a surf class. And he's like, what do you mean? The milk's at the store. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, but like the milk won't come from the production to the store. So people can't get it. And he's like, what are you talking about? People can just go to the store to get milk. And then I was like, the store won't have milk when the people that bottle it don't sell it to them. And he's like, I don't know what you're trying to say. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys see the video last week of the girl that's the farmer who was showcasing the bale of hay in her trunk? Did you guys see that? No. And she was talking about how much the price has skyrocketed of her hay that she has to get to feed her cattle that then produce the milk and the meat. Um, And so she talks about how her hay is like quadrupled in the last 12 months. And her warning to everyone is this will be passed on to you this fall. Of course. Like if you think that this is isolated, wait till it hits the shopping centers and you see your price of beef and of milk skyrocket because to feed these animals is becoming so incredibly expensive. Even chickens. Yeah, even chickens. But here's the other thing people need to understand too. We, We give our, we give these animals corn. Now there are a lot of farms. You come out here, yeah. and we see the cows eating grass all day. Yep. You got the chickens; they're eating feed, they're eating layer, but they're eating bugs. But in a lot of places, it's it's just corn. The factory farmed salmon, corn, yeah, subsidized, yeah. 
Really gross. I need to reclaim my name's heritage. And yeah. I don't know if this is again. true, but I heard that tilapia are fed in farms uh, underneath these cages um, or, like, wire platforms that chickens are above them and, like... Crap into? Crap into the water and then the tilapia oh. eat it. That's I don't and think that's, that's, like, how they feed the tilapia. I don't oh. think that's possible. That goes into grocery stores. I hope not. I don't I think that's know, possible that because <laughs> the chicken chickens have one hole, a cloaca. Yeah. And there's like there's like a hen has three things. They have like where the egg comes from, and they have like the poop and the and the, and the peat, and it mixes together. Yeah. So you've got urea. So it would and other poison the water. Is yeah. The reason they couldn't do it. We yeah. The water would just become. I hope it's not true. I don't yeah. want it to be true. I, I remember working in the restaurant industry for like 15 years. You know, up until about five or six years ago, and they uh, they would talk a lot about farm farmed uh tilapia. It was way nasty. It was like one of the nastiest fish you could ever order from a restaurant. Is farm. You want wild tilapia if you're ever going to get tilapia. I don't know why, though. Maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe not. You know what I'd prefer to believe? You know, people who believe in these big conspiracies, you know, like, I don't think there's a grand global cabal. I think there are powerful interests vying for power and colluding behind the scenes. So the Epstein stuff, like, well, I mean, Maxwell was convicted. Like, we know they were doing this stuff, and we know they were, they were connected with powerful individuals. Maybe it was blackmail or whatever. But they clearly didn't have full control because... Epstein is no longer alive and Maxwell is locked up. So it wasn't, you know, I don't think that there's one like Illuminati or something like that. I just think powerful and just do this stuff. I'd prefer to believe that aliens controlled everything. It's if I'm gonna believe something, you know, as grandiose, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot for the stars. They do. Literally and yeah. assume it's aliens. Some people call them God. Other people call them aliens. Some people call them interdimensional beings. Yes. yes. So when, when you mentioned JFK saying there's like a greater force at play, we're all imagining there's like some military industrial complex, but it's actually a fifth actually dimensional aliens. DMT elf or something. <laughs> you know, a demon from the, from beyond the veil. Joe Rogan would fall out of his chair. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I, it's more fun to believe in, in that stuff. Yeah. More fun. Yeah. Well, it's definitely I, true. Spirit war is no joke. We're going to say. Well, no, I was just, I was going to say, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big believer. You know, I'm a person of faith. I believe that a lot of this is spiritual warfare. And it's interesting to see the people who have realized that over the past few years. I heard Tucker Carlson speak, of all people, and he was speaking actually at a church that I go to in San Diego, oh, cool. and this guy's on stage, Tucker Carlson, largest talk show, this was like three months ago, largest talk show host in the world, and this guy looks at this audience and says, I am thinking I'm insane in real time for even saying this, because I, two years ago, never would have believed myself if I said what I'm about to say. Everything that we're seeing is that there's something deeper going on. Yes. There's something spiritual. I'm not sure what it is, but there's some deeper war at play here, because this doesn't make sense anymore. Like all the basic fabrics of uh, a fabric of humanity is being ripped up. Things related to our identity, who are men, who are women, like basic things that we just accepted as truth for thousands of years. Now people are attacking. And so he basically said, I have come to believe that this is far greater than politics. This is way deeper. And so I do think there's like a cultural shift happening when we're all realizing that this goes a lot deeper than just party politics. It's not like a GOP versus Dem thing. There's a much deeper thing going on. Even in the political world, there's a uniparty. We clearly understand that now. And that uniparty often acts in the um, antithesis of the interests of average Americans. And you look at these things and you're like, there's something deeper happening here that's controlling you because this mm -hmm. isn't this is so different than anything we've ever seen before. Well, as a Christian, I'm sure you believe that the spiritual warfare aspect of it isn't new. And that's Absolutely. always been the case throughout human history. But why do you think it's it seems to be getting more intense, more noticeable 
in our daily lives. That's I think that's it. It's that it's more blatant. It's more out in the open. And there was a time is that it like it was. an invitation for us to somehow participate. Uh, my personal belief is yes. My personal belief is that any time that you're confronted with evil, it's your duty to stand against right. it. Right. So uh, revel- re- is it Revelation? Or yep. Re- mm-hmm. Revelation. Yes. Revelation. Yeah, Revelation. Yep. Of Revelation. End of yeah. days. Yep. Mm-hmm. And is that what's going on? A lot of people have different views in terms of where we're at in history. I have no idea. But I will say that there is a very clear message communicated through the scriptures that as time goes on, things will become more blatant. In fact, there's a scripture that talks about how in the last days everything's going to be uprooted related to identity. Mm. People exchange truth for lies and they'll listen to things that'll make their ears tickle and deny reality. And so, so it's like, who knows? But that seems like a lot. But also of it will come in like a thief of, in the night. Mm-hmm. Therefore. Yeah. You, you really know. can't know the day or the hour. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, bo- both of you are Christian. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, yeah. my question, I suppose is, um, is it preferable that we are in the end of days and something is culminating as to your faith? Mm-hmm. Or would it be preferable that, Life was just simple and normal, and you were farming corn with a smile on your face. Great question. I think you can have both. Life is simple, and you can have normalcy, but also uh, not not be excited for the end times, but have hope, you know, and not be so prideful as to think you know what the timing is. Because I I think about this in a like a, a more secular context, but also a religious context. And I'm imagining, you know, are there people who are excited for revelation, for the end of days, for the second coming, for the rapture, or whatever might be happening? Mm-hmm. And if and if if you s- separate the faith element from that, are there people who think, in reality, we could choose to be happy, live in a, live in on a farm and have pigs and chickens and food, but many of these people would prefer the chaos and the violence because mm-hmm. they believe at the end of that violence is the utopia. Yeah, the good news. There are a lot of people who, I think at least, who want to make things worse as quickly and as intensely as possible so that it culminates in something. And I don't know what that will be. Accelerationism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about this. Like, there's the, the Apostle Paul that says that we should pray for peaceful and quiet lives. And yet his also message, and it's not a contradictory one, but his tethered messages and also prepare for what's coming. Yes. So there's this tethered mm-hmm. reality of like, pray for peace and quiet and do whatever you can to make that happen. Also, you By need guns. to be prepared. Prepare yes, for war. because yep. there will be a reality. The world is delving into chaos and you want to be ready when that comes. Uh, and so I think it's that dichotomy. A, a very literal example of that is that every 20, 30, 40,000 years, we get hit by comets and everything gets wiped to zero. And like that's been happening over the last hundreds of thousands of years in the geological records of cometary impact. So like, yeah, you want to live in peace and love your what neighbor. What is the last record of that happening? Well, I know 12,800 years ago at the end of the Younger Dryas, a uh, comet shattered over North America and peppered the glacial continent, melted all the ice, and just caused a global flood, wiped out all the megafauna in North America, flattened the United States, which Wait, is why really? we have these plains. Yeah. Maybe but, that's the Great Flood. Yeah. Then, no, it was uh, a, a couple, mm. few thousand years later, there was another flood, which they think was Noah's flood, Lots like 6,000 years ago. Yeah. That mythology goes cross cultures. That's right. Every yeah. Culture has like a flood, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A great flood story. Jeez. But you are spot on. Like there are these things that'll come that there's no ability to control. And no matter how powerful the cabal or multiple cabals are, like even they will be taken off guard. Yeah. I think when you were asking that question earlier about why does it seem like it's all coming to a head right now, the spiritual war, I find that it's always is. But now because of the introduction of psychedelics into the mainstream and the proliferation of the knowledge through the internet, mm. people are sensing it. I can feel it. I was like a logic. If I can't 
see it and prove it, I don't believe it. That was me until I was 23 years old. Now I feel energy. I see patterns because of THC and the marijuana. Um, psilocybin. I, just when you start to see the difference between life and non-life very starkly. And, and, and I mean, and you start to practice Reiki and things like that or Reiki. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Is that, that a good thing? I think it's necessary to understand what's happening. That may be true, Ian. But I believe I have a story which is, which shows us a sign. It is the end of times. <laughs> right. okay. Indeed, yes. From the no. AP. <laughs> Ex-Ohio court mediator arrested. Allegedly sent feces to GOP. Please. Ooh, okay, please explain. Please this. don't do this. Don't. Richard, Richard Steinl, Steinl oh, a 77-year-old from Mogadore, Ohio, former Portage County Common Pleas Court mediator, charged with sending injurious articles as non-mailable, violating federal law that prohibits mailing certain things, including hazardous materials, According to court records, it carries a maximum prison sentence of one year and a $100,000 fine. People have lost their minds. That's disgusting. Now, I do think stuff like this probably happened all the time with people doing weird stuff. There was also this video of some woman mailing her period, I guess, to like the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. After Roe. Now, here's the funny thing. She may have staged it because she films a video and then it's like it jump cuts around. And she may be thinking, like, I want to actually do it. That's gross. But by making that video, what she doesn't understand is that you'll still get charged. Yeah. There were people when they That's were... It's a li- bioweapon. Well, yes. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you mailed it. If you show yourself doing something that implies you did, they have to go and, and check every mailbox. And they have to, like... So, uh, search for it. There was that story of the woman who uh, licked the ice cream yes. in the store and put it back. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, but she bought it right after. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Did she, yeah. though? No one knows that. They yeah. saw a video of her licking yeah. it, putting it back, and now they have to come and throw all of the ice cream away because it's contaminated. So this guy, we got it. we're going to have to throw away the entire GOP. They've all <laughs> been contaminated. Again. Yeah. It's start over. Yeah. That's a white pill. That's you know what? I've heard about poop. It's not the poop that's that's bad for you. It's the stuff that grows on the poop. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's yeah. bacteria. It all feels bad Putrefactive bacteria. I don't want any of it thrown at me. Yeah, Putrescine yeah. and cadaverine. Yeah. Interesting molecules. You know yeah. what is sad, though? What did they say the fine is in here? 100000 Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's sad is, like, knowing today's modern left, that will be covered in a GoFundMe. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Speaking yep. of feces, I have received oh, no. confirmation of the tilapia. Um, it says tilapia in the wild feed on algae, but on farms they're reared on corn or soybean meal. However, when no other feed is provided, they will eat poop. Ah. There have been insta- instances where fish farms in Asia were found to be feeding <gasps> poultry, sheep, or hog manure to tilapia. Oh, oh no. Wow. Cool. That. That's Apparently is true. Disgusting. What is this? McGill University tilapia and the poop connection. Oh, Great. Yeah. Is that is that what you were reading? <laughs> yeah. That's so wow. disgusting. Very <laughs> <laughs> unscrupulous operations. Apparently. Ooh. Yeah. They have farms that run on corn. However, the no feed is provided, they will eat poop. Hmm. There have been instances where fish farms in Asia were found to be feeding poultry, sheep, or hog manure to tilapia. Oh, gross. What? Oh, Do you guys know about gutter oil? Oh, no, yeah. Wait, Do why is this to? vaguely familiar? I think it was, it was it was like a viral video a long time ago. They in China they scoop out sewage and they filter the oils out and then cook with it. Oh no, on the street. Gosh, no, oh, yeah. But because they're cooking it, does that mean it's not like nope. infectious Mm-mm. anymore? Uh, well, infectious isn't isn't the issue. The issue like, is like, are you eating food? Mm. And like, is the oil mineral oil or like? What oil is it? Yeah. They scoop things out of like. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah, like not all oil is food. It's 
Yeah. It's the oil people. that people ate before. Yeah. Maybe, maybe whether spiritual or not, this is like a sign of the end of days. Mm. When we're at the point where we're recycling manure from animals to feed fish because we need food to sell. Maybe it's like, you know, we've, <laughs> rather than we've, to feed soil, we, we've gone yeah. too far. It's time to turn, turn back. Yep. Go back to the, to the good corn harvesting. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Come on, Seiferts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go. It's our time to shine. Yeah. But you're, what's interesting is that the, the pro on this, the, the beautiful nature of the times that we're living in is that people are waking up and in turn pursuing a lot of things that help them prepare for the, the whatever days that we're in also help them fight back. Those that really feel convicted to stand up, like they have more resources than ever. The good news is, is that we're in a time where I'll, I'll give a perfectly um, relevant example to what we're doing on our platform on public square, public if you want to check it out. There's a group called front yard farms. There's like a community group where all these people, and it's our, one of our most popular groups on the app right now, because it's all these users that are coming in together that want to learn how to grow their own food. And it's mm-hmm. grown by the thousands cool. in the past few weeks. And that's really neat because what it shows to me is like, okay, there's really an ownership that individuals are taking over their own existence. They are trying to prepare themselves for whatever is coming. And worst case scenario, uh, they'll need it. They'll need to learn how to be completely self-sustaining because the world will go so crazy. In the United States, the American experiment, as we know it today, does not exist in 20 years like what we're seeing. The best case scenario is now you know how to grow tomatoes in your backyard. Mm -hmm. And good for you. You took ownership of your own destiny and you actually provided for your family. That's amazing. And when you pull a tomato off the vine and bite into it. Nothing better. Oh, cherry tomatoes. We had had cherry tomatoes growing every morning. I'd go out. I'd get fresh eggs from the chickens. Cherry tomatoes and peppers. And that that was my breakfast. Come on. But we learned the hard way. We planted Mm. all of our tomatoes at once. Too many tomatoes. don't do. (laughs) Because then all of a sudden one day we had like 50 tomatoes and we couldn't eat them. You're supposed to plant one, wait a week, plant one, wait or a week. Or can you know. them, yeah. Or can them. I don't think we're in the end days. That phrase gets comes up sometimes. But for every one of us, these are the final days because this is our life. Totally. Mm-hmm. There will always be an end to our life. So every individual can talk about it as if this is the end because you only have this but life. But we, we mean kind of like the end of this era. Yeah. Because you know, I actually don't think we're in the end of time either. My own personal views. I think we're at the end of an era that... The world has looked a certain way, and it's about to change. The end of like, uh, the I steam heard. engine, industrial uh, revolution. I did hear this. It may not be true, but um, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Oh, oh yeah. Well. 2230, yeah. I think, is when that begins. The dawning of the age of Aquarius. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Let the sun shine in, you know. We're going to be tapping the, the vacuum for energy. Dude, do you guys know seed bombing? You ever heard of seed bombing? No. They mm. retrofit C-60 bomber planes, oh, yeah. uh, and they pack them with seeds. Like oh. tree saplings, and they fly over like deforested areas and just drop hundreds, millions of seeds. They okay. don't plant nearly as well as doing them by hand, but they can drop magnitudes more of them. And they said they can plant like a billion trees per day. That's wow! Cool. Levels of terraforming. Mm-hmm. Are, it's gonna be are, funny are, when, in like thirty years, they're like, "We got to cut trees down. There's just too many. There's there's <laughs> yeah, no more carbon dioxide in with us for the carbon. We need the carbon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, we're gonna be able to mine and burn carbon and then grow trees. Remember we're gonna do when, it on Mars. Remember when they said to uh, not use paper bags because it was bad for the forest and to use plastic? When I was what? a kid, that was the big thing. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were like, stop using paper bags. You're, it's, they're tearing the forest down. Use plastic. Then like they were like, stop using the plastic bags. Start using the paper bags. They're getting pollution <laughs> everywhere. And it's wow. like... It's like for every problem you think you're solving, you're making a new one. Well, right? that's a great point because San Diego actually was a national... 
case study, which is where I live, San Diego. Um, a few years ago, they made plastic bags illegal formally at the city level in San Diego. And what ended up happening is that the trash that homeless people would leave on the streets in San Diego got exponentially worse. And not just trash, but also like their own human fecal matter. And we tried to figure out why. Like, why on earth is the trash um, just so exponentially greater than it was even six to nine months ago? And they tied it back to that policy. What used to happen is that homeless people would put their trash and their feces in these plastic bags and would throw it away. Mm. But now you have the scenario where you took away their access to plastic bags, and so the alternative is that we have trash and feces flooding the streets. Wow. And so you don't realize with foresight how these mm-hmm. decisions are going to impact you 10 years down the road. Solar panels is another perfect example. You guys have Michael Schell Burger on huge fan of Michael read apocalypse never if you never have fantastic book but Michael talks about this all the time they when they go and recycle these solar panels they go and put them in impoverished communities in Africa and the land and then it pollutes water supplies like we don't think about how this the windmills will affect eagle populations we don't so you think you're helping something and in turn you're actually causing a really detrimental effect yeah I was telling you before I've been working with this company that pulls uh, carbon dioxide out of the air and then converts it into graphene and it the problem that can come out of that is that we start pulling too much carbon out of the air and then we start killing off all the, the, the plant life. But thank God I thought of that now. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to mediate and make sure that that, that isn't a problem that is created from the mining. Uh, I think it was funny. We mentioned the other day when the wind turbine started leaking oil. Yeah. And then everyone was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. It's like they, they use oil. I thought oil. they don't do that. Need oil, yeah. Yeah, they need oil. They got to lubricate it, man. Yeah. And not just to maintain them, but to produce them in the first place. This is, this is This is the challenge with um, – I don't, I don't, I don't know how you solve our political issues. We have a great government. I mean, not literally today. I mean, a system of government was yeah. devised by the founding fathers, which is quite brilliant, but has devolved into some chaotic nightmare. And what happens is you get a politician who's like, doing stuff is hard. Saying things is easy. That's right. And so they're like, we gotta, we gotta have green. You know, green is better than brown or, 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 or gray or whatever the cities are supposed to look like. They want the green initiatives, not the machine initiatives. And then, what ends up happening is they say we're gonna we're gonna build wind turbines, and everyone says that sounds good, and then it costs more to do. Does the return nice. is 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 insufficient, and then people think they're doing better, but they're just spending money. Cars is a good example. One theory going on right now is that the big push for electric vehicles is simply because they're trying to save the auto industry. Mm. A huge portion of the U.S. economy is based on cars. People don't buy cars anymore. There's too many. There's so many cars, and they're getting better and better, and they last longer, and people drive less. Like, what do you do? Electric vehicles. Now we're going to get rid of all the gas ones and go all electric. That's convenient because it helps uh, keep the, the, the gas for, you know, machinery and things like that, 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 you know, more industrial use cases. But I think, I think it's likely a big component is just make electric cars because now all every, every, everybody's buying up all the electric cars and they're hard to come by and there's huge demand. Yeah. Economics. Yep. Not environmentalism. Mm. Yep. So maybe the end of days? Maybe. Maybe. Let's... Well, I was just going to say one more thing on that. The I think part of you asked a question in that, and the question was, how do we fix the system when the system is so broken in what seems like an irreparably um, 
uh, you almost like you just can't even, there's no point in even trying. And my, my big message to people all the time is go local first. Mm. Start at the local level. Like I can't change my country until I change my state. I can't change my state until I change my county. I can't change my county until I change my city. It all starts in my backyard. Like if we can actually stand up for the needs of a local community and get that down and get that on lock, okay, then we can start to focus on our state. That's what, like what Public Square is, the app that you built. It's yes, like, the whole uh, goal. What is it like? It's like Craigslist, but, but more like, um, more vetted yeah so it's essentially uh, we started a platform to help connect freedom-loving americans with the community and companies that share their values so we've been really disheartened by woke corporatism a big part of our system being broken is that mega corporations have gone kind of into the progressive authoritarian world and partner with big government in this effort to kind of stamp out the small business world and also the values that still tens of millions of Americans hold dear, like individual liberties, freedom, prosperity. And this has been evolving over the course of the last few years, and then COVID blew it up because you had businesses all of a sudden literally bar you from employment or even patronizing their place of business unless you agreed with their set of values related to certain medical choices. And so we started this app that basically helps people take local communities back through the power of localized commerce. And so it's a social market place where users can connect for free with all the businesses that have agreed to a set of values to basically say we're going to stand for the rights and principles that have made our country special in the first place then they get discounts for going there yes. and a lot of these businesses so you mentioned the seven principles you want to explain yes. what those are those sounded great yeah so when a business comes on it's free for the business to join um, right now we've got about 100 new businesses that are joining every single day and they're loving the experience because it's a great advertising source for them for free so we don't charge businesses we don't charge users we make our money through advertising um, that we don't have to sell user data for, which is a big point. In fact, mm-hmm. if you go to our homepage, you'll see a transparency page at the bottom of this. So if you scroll all the way down, you'll see a little transparency link at the bottom. Um, this actually has our core values, and then it also, if you scroll down even farther, has the kind of tenets of our platform that you know that you can trust as a user and as a business. Um, but when a business signs up, they agree with seven values that are essentially at a high level. We believe the Constitution is worth protecting. We believe in the rights of every individual in the public square, especially related to health things, so no mask or vaccine mandates. If a business is on this app, it means that they will respect your personal choices in that world. These businesses don't donate to any intersectional politics, meaning they're not going to oh, wow. Yelp has a big problem. Yelp last year came out and gave free advertising to black-owned businesses wow. at the expense of everyone else. Isn't that a, like illegal? It's yeah, 1964 violation of the Civil Act, like yeah. Civil, Rights Civil Rights Act, Act. to a T. Would, like, would that be Title Seven, I believe? Racial discrimination. Oh, no. yeah. I'm not yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, especially as it relates to even employment. I mean, that's happening in a big way right now. So um, a business that's on the platform is not going to identify themselves by their skin color. They're going to identify themselves by the quality of the products that they produce for their consumers. Bringing this back to uh, supporting the free market of small businesses to be able to operate with as little government intervention as possible, which is big in a state like California, where it's impossible to start a small business. People, so, people need to share this, publicsq.com, yes. because... If you know, we often talk about don't give your money to people who hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremy's razor said that funny line: "Stop giving money to pe- money to people that hate you. Give it to me instead." Right. Yeah, but <laughs> but but transparent. <laughs> yeah. awesome. But how do you find awesome. more people like yeah? You know, Jeremy yeah. Boring or, or the Daily Wire. Yeah, uh, like this. Yeah. So if you live in an area and you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, here's one way to look up. And if if at the end of the day you are avoiding woke mm-hmm. businesses and only going to people who you know share your values then you are shifting a massive portion of the economy and power into better values. You're spot on. And and like this shirt, it's a great example. I'm wearing a shirt called Rowan, forrowan.com. It's amazing. They didn't pay me to say this. They're not even a paid advertiser. But forrowan.com, they're on the app with a free profile. This shirt, um, they... Uh, 
source their products sustainably. They're an amazing company run by a guy that holds these values to his core convictions. Um, it's it's his it's his worldview to a T. One percent of all the proceeds that they make off of their clothing go to fatherhood. So there's oh, this wow. National Fatherhood Initiative that helps to provide father figures for communities where kids didn't have them. It's like these are the companies that I want to support with my dollars, not things that are donating to BLM with their corporate profits. And what's neat is that you know we have 15,000 businesses on the platform. We're the largest network of these patriotic businesses in the country. And um, the largest industries are restaurants, retail, clothing and jewelry. It's small businesses that make our country special. Because not only is there like a, yeah, let's be anti-woke, but there's also like a, let's just support small businesses in general because they've been so hosed by what's happened over the past few years. The fact that Amazon gained in value over the last two years while small businesses are now in a situation where 70% of them in the United States may not be able to stay open after this fall because of how hard they've been hit. Like that to me is one of the greatest crimes against humanity I've ever witnessed. And so we're trying to support not only the businesses that share our core convictions so that we're not funding companies that hate us, we're also trying to help just small business in general because there's a need for it now today more than ever. What, what, what about a company that's in a jurisdiction that mandates things? like if- uh, These businesses stand against it. In fact, we've paid the legal fees of businesses so that they'll, stood they'll against they'll it. So they'll reject like, yep. unconstitutional You're from Chicago originally? Yeah, yeah Nini's Deli. Great deli. Highly recommend if you're in the Chicago area. Um, they're one of our promoted partners. They're amazing on the app. And they stood against the mandates Whoa, in wow. Chicago, cool. which was nearly impossible. Yeah. They refused. Them. They said the rights of our consumers are too important. We're not going to infringe upon them. And they got fined. But we put together a group that went and paid off their legal funds and said, keep fighting the fight. Ooh, Don't back wow. down. You mentioned that you want to open uh, source the code mm-hmm. at some point. Yep. What's your timetable for that? Great question. Uh, the desire would be in the next 12 months, um, but it's it's really hit or miss. It, it relies upon a few features getting done and us getting more algorithmic-based where there's anything that you'd want to be able to use in different environments. So um, that's a great question. Like I could see like an Airbnb, all the people that are airbnb in their houses also using an app like this, but not your app because it would set up – it would create new li- – maybe new liabilities for you uh, – if you get into those markets, um, but that if someone else spun up like a like a public square V two or like a you know whatever you want to call it with that code, and then you'd have like a B and you'd have like a, a like do you do you have rentals like Airbnb yeah. stuff oh, yeah. on there? Yeah, already? we have housing rentals. So a lot of people have said, hey, I wasn't a huge fan of how Airbnb came out and contributed dollars to. Uh, employees getting abortions across mm-hmm. state lines because that was a big initiative that Airbnb pulled about two weeks ago. And so we had a lot of rentals on the on the app that said, hey, we're here. Don't forget about us. We're not with Airbnb. Come join us and we'll gladly rent your house. So there's um, absolutely, there's an incredible market for also like local bartering. So people that have just a single product that they're trying to sell at a local region, that's great for them too. If you're in an area that's super rural and there's not a ton of traffic, we just launched this nationwide six weeks ago. So we're 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 enjoying it and diving right in. Um, but it's been amazing the response thus far. One of the greatest um, challenges is how do you how do you make this critical mass enough for people in hyper local communities that are way out in the middle of nowhere? Part of the way that we do that is also offering an online marketplace, so you can also shop your values in the online setting and can spend money with the businesses there that are agreeing with these seven values, but they'll serve you wherever you're at in the country. And so, But you're right. In terms of how this can have cross-functional applicability into other environments, the sky's the limit. Um, is it the kind of thing where I can order like food from the restaurant through your app? Not yet. You'll be able to. That's absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Essentially, it's a directory at the moment um, with a social component, but it will absolutely. I mean, you should see where we're going. This fall, we're starting to get 
more into e-commerce. You can actually purchase right there and have it shipped to your house from within the app itself. Right now, we essentially act as a directory to get you to the businesses where then you conduct and your shopping experience. And a lot of these companies will give you a discount code for shopping there. That's the neat thing, too, is that me as a free user, I get a free cup of coffee every week That's from awesome. a public store coffee shop. So it's really neat. I just, I just signed up, and I'm looking at the local area, and there's a, there's a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah, awesome. I just signed up, I went. There's yeah, a barbecue place <laughs> in uh, – well, I won't say the city. But there's a barbecue place near here. Oh, cool. Run by great people. Awesome. Highly recommend. Check I'm it out. For this you What's the name of after. it? Do you have the name of it? Uh, I'll say after the show. Yeah, yeah, I don't know so. if you guys are sensitive it's, about it's, where it's, you're yeah. It's very yeah. close. Wow, to there's a lot of businesses in here. Really? In yeah. the local? In, in local. That's great. That's Check awesome. online because like, there's... In, uh, but that's what, great what, news because so, we're in a pretty rural area. So when I look on the map and it shows all the little squares. Yep. The pins. All those businesses have agreed with those. That's amazing. They've come through. Is there ride sharing? Uh, not yet, but that's something we're super excited about. That's hot. Yeah, we can't wait to it. Because yes. it's super easy to do. The technology's there. Um, yeah, ride sharing's big. Bartering's huge for us. Um, a lot of these, like moving into the Craigslist, the Angie's world or Angie's list market yeah. becomes more of a reality in the near future. We're excited about what's coming. What's Angie's list? T Dogs Barbecue. Yes. In Charlestown. Yes. Oh, T- is that yes. the place you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, they're on there. Yeah, there's wow, another that's cafe cool. that's there I went to today. Pretty cool. That's well, awesome. the, I, I, everyone, you got to understand this is MAGA country. Where, yeah, where we good, point. Okay. Yeah. good point. Yeah, good point. Jesse Smollett would agree. Yeah, but you guys <laughs> no, would no, be about Chicago is my country. I mean, I the reality the, is the job board. Do you want this to compete with LinkedIn or something like great it? Great question. Yeah, yeah, so that came about really as a sort of a fluke. We had a lot of businesses during around the time that um, the vaccine mandates were coming out. We had a lot of businesses like, "Hey, I'm hiring, and I won't infringe upon people's rights. Hmm. Can you just put that somewhere?" And we've had a lot of people get hired through it. And we've got an amazing partner in the job board space called Red Balloon that's helping do kind of what we're doing but in the um in the jobs market right. more more exclusively that's really exciting andrew their ceo is a good friend of mine and so we're partnering together on a lot of our technology so two things here yep first of all i remember i tried to download um your app earlier before it was rolled out yeah everywhere. i was very disappointed that it was available everywhere uh, i'm very glad it's available now the other thing is Thank that you. red balloon i looked at and they appeared to be defunct which was very disheartening so do you know if they're expanding as well they are definitely expanding okay yes cool, cool. yes and then what is the biggest like uh roadblock you foresee for your company it's a great question uh the biggest roadblock is just we to be honest we've got um a lean budget and a lot of interest which is great news like it's great that we're the largest entity in this space and praise god we've had a lot of success thus far and that's solely because these businesses have taken a stand and we're grateful for it Um, but like that also creates a lot of challenges because now we're building the plane in flight and so anytime you're building the plane in flight there are just (laughs) challenges with the things staying together and holding fast. Yeah. But if you go to like a city like Chicago, you'll be amazed at the amount of businesses. We have a thousand businesses in Chicago. Like Tim, if you're up there and you search that current location bar, um, uh, no there? X out there, um, go back. Okay. Hit the current location bar. See the current location right above you. Oh, up, a little red bar. Up, what? I'm not going it. to press that. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Oh, no, no, no. That won't show your current location. Oh, it, it's going to be a search bar. <laughs> see, this so. is one of the things we're changing. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you, uh, if you, uh, uh, if you go to that s- uh, current location bar and you search, you don't have to do it now, but if you search Chicago there instead of your current location, I just want to show you an example of like a largely blue city that has just blown up. Chicago, Atlanta, um, Phoenix, San Francisco's done pretty well. New York City this is, is so awesome. Great. Yeah, if you scroll over to Chicago, oh hey Detroit, what's up? Hey, yeah. If you scroll over to Chicago and then you hit search this area, um, just so you can see like what a city looks like when it really blows up. I'm going to go check out my neighborhood. I love yeah. Chicago. Let's see, um, Let's see how we're looking. So scroll up. Okay, now hit again. search this area. 
Let's see. There you go. Ah, there you go. Hey. That's great. Oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. And these so are just neat. local ones, so these don't count all the online that service this area. This is so cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Wow. It seems like a great way to help people feel like they're not alone, too. Are, that's the whole goal. That's are, are you looking for investment at this stage? Uh, so we've taken just angel investment. Um, we're staying away from all venture stuff. Um, yeah. Just it, it robs you of a lot. Of this is amazing. Thanks, dude. So I'm, I'm <laughs> so in cool. my old neighborhood Where in Chicago. Where are you at? Oh, you're right by Midway. And so the fact that you can find businesses that share your values in a place as blue and insane as the south side of Chicago yeah. is uh, – It really indicates that the blue and red amazing. thing is kind of a visage. This it is. is. People are people. Well, I mean, we love our bro. If I like, I'm going to use this and go to these businesses. At, oh, you should. Hundred percent. I don't want to yeah. give money to people who hate me. Amen. That's why we Amazing. exist. Yeah. That's and cool, the deeper emotional connection is, I feel not alone. Like we had, it'll almost make me tear up yeah, when I talk 100%. about it. We had a, a lady reach out. We'd only been launched a month, and she said, "I feel we soft launched in San Diego," and she reached out and she said, "I feel like I have six thousand new best friends Aww, in my neighborhood." That's like so that sweet. was really really cool because it was like. It's it's amazing to be able to shop your values, stop spending money from companies that hate you, go for all of your life's purchases, and feel good about your purchases. It's a whole other thing when you can feel like I'm not alone anymore. And when I that's when, awesome. when I look yeah. at an area in the south burbs of Chicago and you see a cluster, you know these people are all friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sure. told each other like they absolutely thing. are. Yeah, they're probably getting customers. And part of the way we grow is through an ambassador program. So, like, we have an amazing Chicago ambassador. And so the Chicago ambassador goes out and refers all these businesses to the platform, recommends them to the platform. It's really neat. And so that's um, that's part of the way we grow. It's very grassroots. We have a team of activists around the country. Literally a parallel economy. That's the whole goal. How do you vet the companies? Like, if if someone did do VAX mandates, how would you vet that? So we've had two instances since we launched – at all, even including our soft launch back last October. Um, we had two instances where a user reached out and was like, hey, I think this business may have been with you at a time but no longer is. They just let us know, and we kept moving on. So we pulled them off, and oh, okay. off we go. Okay. Yeah, we're committed to the rights of our consumers, though. And so if, if a business is on there, and they got to be with us. And it's not it's not a tribalistic thing. It's just that there's there's a constitution in place for a reason. We want these businesses to respect that. And um, and consumers deserve to know that I'm not going to go. I remember how embarrassing it was, like COVID. I walked into a coffee shop and wow. got told to leave right away because wow. I wasn't wearing a mask. Like, that's embarrassing. There are a lot of people in there. The last thing we'd ever want to have happen is a consumer feels that way. And so right. um, that's why we really do hold fast to these values. So how do you kind of, how do you kind of, not enforce, but encourage people to adhere to these rules? Because you're right, these are great principles, but how do you make sure that they're following through even like one year, two years, five years For later? sure. Great question. We ask for consumer feedback on every interaction that's a really helpful way so if a user shops somewhere we ask them to let us know how their experience was um and you know again 99.9999% of those interactions are incredibly positive we learn new stories through it um but it's it's everything too it's random industries uh like we had a, a office supplier from alabama join last week he heard me on this TV show, and um, he said, hey, I just want to let you know. He called me because I hadn't talked to him in eight years, but I know this guy personally. He didn't know what I was doing now. He calls me and said, I just want to let you know, within 24 hours of being on the platform, I had an office in Ohio call me for supplies from Alabama, and they're my new client. Oh, my god. And they're gosh. one of our largest clients. So it's really neat to see, like, even the way businesses are now supporting businesses – and that's cool. Like the B two B side of this is limitless too. So we're excited to get into that you a little said, bit more. You said earlier you, some, 
ad revenue is how you make the company makes yep. money right now, but you yep. don't track any data. What, or yeah, what we don't data? we don't sell any user data, and any data we track is purely analytical and it's not based to a user. So it's basically uh, we can tell a business you got eight thousand impressions this month, but we can't tell you demographics, who did it, right. the gender, any of that. So we don't even ask users that. I guess it wouldn't be untargeted ads. The ads are targeted people that like the business of. They're targeted to the entire platform. Like we don't have any ability to target other than your region. So we can tell you Chicago, you get an ad that runs in Chicago, but we can't tell you to what demographics or what. But if someone miles. like browses a lot of restaurants, do they get restaurant ads? No, not yet. No. Okay. And and even when that comes in, it'll be user preference driven. It won't be a hidden algorithm. So What'll happen in the near future in uh, the beauty of building the plane in flight, what'll happen in the near future is that when a user signs on, they'll actually tell us what they're most interested in. So I really like restaurants. I really like coffee shops. I really like clothing companies. I I really like graphene. (laughs) And then and then what'll happen is that what you'll see will be most catered to what you told us, but you can change that at any time. Are there categories? Can I say like show me restaurants? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you scroll down. I'm totally doing this like tomorrow for dinner or something. So if you scroll down... um, uh, you'll you'll see categories, oh, cool. so you get oh, into okay, all cool. categories. So that's in Chicago and that little region. Neat. If you go to shop online, you'll see like there's a a, a whole list of categories. If you scroll down, um, you'll see all oh, these yeah, different ones. So wow. yeah, wow. if you want jewelry, if you want clothing, you want retail, you want tech services. You want you have made it very easy to stop giving money to people who hate us. Yeah. <laughs> that so is happy. music to my ears. Yeah. That's great, great news. I'm very glad to hear. Such so is about not giving money to people who hate you. It's about giving money to people who who like you. Yes. Yeah. And, Big and time. That is what it's about, and it it's impressive you did it with a small team. Thank you. Like you said, you it was just a couple a couple of you started it off. And yeah, we're now we're now at about twenty four people on our headcount. Oh, that's, that's impressive. So Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot, but it's been in- incredible. That's in like a year. Was that in yeah. a year you went from? Yeah, two we wrote to our first people? line of code thirteen months ago. That's so neat. Wow. Did you just get struck with the idea? Yeah, it. We needed it. It. You know, I have a lot of respect for business owners that start entrepreneurial ventures because they see a hole in the market. There's a whole nother level of fulfillment when it's something you personally have felt. And my wife and I, we, we, we felt the COVID thing hard. I mean, we just felt so disheartened by what was happening. We made a list of all the businesses in our local region on a piece of paper that we knew we could support because we knew the owners, we knew they would stand with us. Um, so it came out of a lot of personal experiences, the desire to feel connected to people and not alone. Um, mm-hmm. because you can feel that way, especially in California. And so what, what about businesses that might be services with no physical location, right? Yep. Yep. Those are on there too. Plumbers, electricians, financial advisors. We How, got it all. Would that pop up on the map or what if they have no uh, They'll pop up on the map if they have at least like a focal point that they like An to service. Oh, yeah. okay. um, but then they'll also pop up in the category list without maybe necessarily a physical pin on the map if they have a surface area but no physical location. Uh, yeah, it's really neat. Wow. That's so Is cool. there like a woke version of this? They have that, don't they? Yelp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Everything Next door, else. Yelp. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you're right, though. It is It is for us. Like, we get asked all the time, why won't you create this big blacklist and tell me all the companies I should hate? And it's like, because that's, that's evident. That's out there. Like, we'd much rather focus on the positive. Here's where you should go. Like, it does me no good to tell you. I mean, it does you some good. Knowledge is power. But, like, you know Chase and Bank of America don't like you. What I would rather do is tell you about Access, which is, like, an incredible freedom-loving bank that holds fast to the Constitution, and they'll serve you anywhere around the country. Access Bank. AXOS. Check them out. They're amazing. AXOS. They're based out of San Diego. AXOS. Clothing companies like Pharrell. And I'd rather tell you about this because it's hopeful. It gives you hope in the country. I'm not a big fan of the don't give money to people that hate you because I don't think they hate you. They just don't care about you. I'd rather give money to people that like you. Yes, and support your ideals. Yep, exactly. That's why we exist. I'd rather give more money to somebody, you know, serving food 
who was cool and was nice and supported what I supported as opposed to literally anybody else. To what Ian said, I think there are a lot of business owners who, if they knew your political leanings, would, like, kick you out of their businesses. There are ideologues out there, and when I walk into a business that has, like, BLM flags and, like, the newest updated LGBT flags everywhere, all over the walls, Mm. more than their own branding, I do think that it's meant to deter uh, anyone who's not woke from entering the business and supporting it. Yeah. There might be something to that. Yeah. And on our vacation, it was terribly sad because I had somebody say to us, if I had known that you weren't vaccinated, I wouldn't have invited you. And I was like crushed. I was like, this is sad. It's horrible. They're locked in weird mind state, man. And that's what Tim talks about the cult. And I wanted to say in October of last year, we were talking to this big crowd of people we had at our little event. And I was like, you know what? You guys should feel like great about this because this tells you that you're not alone. Like this is something really impactful. And I feel like this app is the perfect representation of that. Thank so you. So exciting. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I'm Bye stoked. We do what we do. I love it. Do you have venues on here? Like, oh yeah. We have a really cool art collective venue that just joined cool. from San Diego. Highly recommend. I can't even remember their name, but if you look in venues in art. San Diego. We have a music venue in Indiana that just joined. Like really cool. Yeah. It's, That's it's so awesome. Fun. Yeah, because that was a big thing. During COVID, there was a big vaccination push for music venues and some mm-hmm. bands required it not even because of their personal convictions but because the venue required it and so we wanted to kind of counteract that as well those venues also need to let uh some comedians know who, who's right? allowed yeah yes. yeah for yes. sure big time yeah. we're gonna go to super chats it's if time. you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show if you really do like it and become a member at timcast.com we're gonna have that members only show coming up for you at 11 p.m but let's read I'm going to have to keep this one short from Eric. Just read the beginning. He says, Tim, you're right about the Civil War. And he says he hopes people prepare for what's <laughs> yes, coming. Yes, yes. Um, I have to tell people just preparation is being sustainable, figuring out what you need to survive and not relying on a machine or a system because you don't know what's going to happen. That's all I can really say. I don't know what else preparation would, 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 would really mean because no one knows what will happen. We may be in an era of purely fifth generational warfare. It's all psychological operations. And that's it. But we may end up seeing something like supply chain disruption. So preparation just literally means, do you know where your dinner is coming from? Mm -hmm. Download on your phones a survival guide, not because the world is ending, but because some days you might find yourself lost in the woods. Yeah. That's it. You might want to learn how to start a fire or something if you're going to have a campfire with your friends. Might not have coverage. I just got notified that the app Public Square might actually be overloaded right now. Ah, Um, People aren't able to sign in. They get to the phone number part, and then it kicks them back. Yep. They can skip the phone number part if you'd like to. There's a skip for now. That can sometimes help. I figured that this would probably be a large traffic spike. If you give it a minute, (laughs) it'll last. We do this Yes, all devs are on alert. They're handling it. We've got an amazing team. I wish I knew about this sooner. Legit, when when we go out on the weekends and stuff, I'm only using these businesses. Oh, for sure. Hands down. Amazing. It was so – I got to say it was awesome to go to Chicago and look at my neighborhood and see that there are businesses there. And it's like very few, you know, surprisingly. And there's a lot there you can see on the map. Totally. But not as many as you'd hope for. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's Chicago. What do you expect? Well, and we just launched. I mean, the you know, again, we've only been nationwide for six weeks. So part That's, of that is like it's it's such um, once once communities find out about it and then the businesses start telling their friends, like that's what's led to blossom and growth. This is so great. Thanks, yeah, guys. I, I had uh, um, I had friends who worked at places uh, that got fake ratings on Yelp and things like that. Oh, dude. I knew a guy who ran a, ran a burger joint, and he said that he would get these fake reviews on Yelp, and then all of the good reviews would be held as spam and all the bad reviews would rise. 
And then you get a phone call being like, hey, why don't you advertise with us? And he'd be like, no. And then it would get worse. Yep. Mm. They'd be like, we can give you special editing access. I don't know if that's true. I just know that's what a guy told me, wow. to be yeah, fair. It's, it's real. That's crazy. And they'll help some businesses alleviate bad reviews, and they won't others based upon their political views. That's mm. shady. Yeah. So like don't a lot of the that. businesses that have taken stances for anything remotely right of center, if they get a negative review from someone in New York that's clearly never been to their business in Phoenix, Yelp won't help you. Even if you're a paying client, and you have to pay a lot to Yelp to really be shown anywhere, like in any serious degree, like starting at 300 bucks. I mean, Yelp's an expensive platform for an advertiser. And so you have these advertisers that feel part of the community, and yet they get completely slapped in the face. I feel like you should ever have to have a receipt in order to leave a review. I think that's a good idea. That's a great, great idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can scan it. All right. Or, or maybe... It, 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 the, the receipt can go through the app. You know what you should. You know what you should do. Ready. I'm all ideas. <laughs> Payment. Build a plane with us. Payment processor. Damn, so, Gino. So when oh, people oh, in, integrate that, so you know, you go to the store and they have the thing, the tablet, yep. and they spin it around and you tap and then you slide it back. Yep. The receipt stays within the app. Boom. There you go, man. Love it. All right. Slain Hope says, I think a two-year mandatory military service would solve a lot of America's problems. It would correct bad parenting, lack of discipline, and addiction. Mm. I don't disagree, but I also agree that it would create a ton of new problems, and I'm not sure I would right. agree with conscription. Yeah, I like the idea of um, people getting discipline. I don't know if I like the idea of how. how I, I don't. I put this. I don't think it can be implemented. What about military school? Hmm. I think people should have to serve two years no. of military school. I don't know. I, I mean, I wish that I had learned military tactics at the age of 17. You know, I, I love military tactics, and I don't know why, but I love them. They're interesting. Well, then the question becomes, who is teaching those tactics? And it would probably yeah. be the state if you're going to give it to the military. Okay. That's not really what we want. Well, and if the military is teaching the military schools what they're teaching the military currently, no like, good. I would not let my kids yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Triton 54 says tomorrow's headline, A.G. Merrick Garland orders the arrest of conservative protesters outside Judge Reinhardt's home. Yep. Except for the ones screaming to go do some crazy stuff. No, yeah. they're, it, basically the point is they wouldn't do it to the Supreme Court justices. Uh, they wouldn't arrest the people outside their homes. But Right. Yeah. All right. Augusto Mimochet says, The House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that JFK was a conspiracy, and the next day all the evidence used in the committee was stolen from CIA storage. That's crazy. Is that true or not? You look that up. Someone should yeah, fact check that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Well, Interesting if true. It was definitely a conspiracy. We just don't know who conspired. All right. Alex Maggiore says, I only know that Dan Bongino is the guy that posts that Biden is the worst president in U.S. history every day on Twitter. Maybe you can have him on IRL. I'm already a subscriber to TimCast, but maybe people should know him. Uh, he's a cool dude. People do know him. He yeah. is cool. He's huge. Yeah, he's Bongino's been really helpful to us, too. What's that? Bongino's been really helpful to us. He's promoted us a lot in the last yeah. month. Very I, grateful for I him. have to say, I used to think he was crazy, and I do not anymore. Did you hear his his rant last night mm -hmm. on the news no. after this broke about the FBI raiding Trump's place? What did he say? He uh, called it some third world BS and just went off wow. about how our country is a banana republic. I mean, yeah, you have the current president's son that's doing what he's doing, and yet the opposition leader is being... Rated. It's like that's the most clear, evident form of banana republics that you can possibly I'm dream about. I gotta look that up. Yeah, Dan was going off. All right, let's uh, let's grab some super chats. David C. Cronk Senior says, "Do you think it's possible that the DNC knew this was in the works, so they funded MAGA candidates, believing the raid would hurt them? Maybe forty mm, chess. Yeah, the idea is to make Trump look like he's culpable or something's going on. 
Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, man. I guess. I just find it hard. Like, I think this is firing up the base even further. I don't know who that person was on Twitter today that had the viral tweet where he was basically like, I was on the fence about Trump 2024, but if this turns out to not lead to anything and this is a witch hunt, like, I'm all in. He's got my vote. Yeah. I think there are going to be a lot of people that are like that solely because they are so frustrated at the establishment pulling yet another example of this tyranny. All right, let's grab some super chits. Bobcat says, don't forget a president has unilateral authority to say if something isn't classified anymore. A secretary of state does not. So even if he had some red stickers, the law says he can. Is that true? Trump can just say it's not classified anymore? I don't know. I think we talked about that. Was it before, yeah, the, before show the show? Or, yeah. And I keep like, hearing that. Like if you want to be like, oh, all the Kennedy stuff, D-class. All the alien stuff, D-class. All the secret weapons, the CIA's, D-class. No. I mean, I can't imagine that would fly. That it, it may not fly because there are other powers at play, but I think it is legal. Yeah. I think you as a president can basically declassify anything you want because you're the commander in chief. You have the sole authority over issues of national security and classification. And mm-hmm. so and what's interesting is if you dig back even deeper, the last kind of modification to that classification um, rules and parameters was made by Obama in 2009, um, who basically made it way more lenient and vague. So oh. um, very interesting. But uh- – all right, Thorin Park says Ian's shirt looks like it's made out of children's party napkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Sure is that Weird that material. plastic tablecloth that yeah. you start yes. tearing apart because yeah. you feel anxious? Yeah, I think it would melt on a hot day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Someone gave this Great. to me. I love it. Aaron Freeman says, "Lest we not forget, they wanted Garland as a Supreme Court judge. They They're going for broke now. Mm-hmm. How do we stop activist shenanigans this election? You got to go and tell literally every single person you know to vote." True. Every single one of them. Also, fortify your life so that shenanigans aren't going to destroy it. You know, make a make a system that can withhold that kind of stuff because that kind of stuff is always going to play out. Mm. In reality. You go, you call everyone in your phone book and you say, "Hey, you, you, you going to vote?" You go knock on every single door. Hey, you going to vote? And uh, you get ten. Every person gets ten of their friends and asks them, "Are you going to go vote?" Mm-hmm. And go vote. Oh, this is important. Purposeful purpose says Trump had element one fifteen in his safe. The Zeta Reticulans will not stand for this. Uh-oh. Sounds like Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah, is that what he said? Uh, yeah, Zeta like Reticuli. Yeah. I think when Bob was working at Area 51, um, that they told him that there was a Zeta Reticuli, there were little green men, and there was a special element 115. So it's like a red herring. So if Bob ever went rogue, that he would look like an idiot because there is no Zeta Reticuli. There's no element 115. If there is, it's not what they were using. They put a puppet of an alien up in that drone that they were working on and made him think it was alien. Hmm. Wild. Tavnazian says, quote, one of Trump's attorneys says they are not in possession of the warrant presented by the FBI prior to the search at Mar-a-Lago. They were allowed to see it, then it was taken away. That sounds strange. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah. All right. My Zhu Yang says, what if Biden and his party want Trump's idea of how to make America great so they are stealing his documents by raiding? Oh, yeah, that's what it is. They want to make America great. Trump's going to win, so they're going to steal his plan. (laughs) All right. Jimmy Joe says, Kristallnacht was November 9th, shortly after the Reichstag fire. Interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Christopher Lambert, someone check Ian's dice. No one rolls that many 20s in a row naturally. <laughs> well, you gotta, it's this one right here. I don't know if you can see from here. Someone yeah. printed this. It's all 20s. <laughs> That's the one all he's rolling. 20s. Oh, yeah. I saw someone in chat. I'm not saying that there is no element 115. There is. But what they told Bob at that time, they had not developed 115 yet. And they just gave oh. him some random futuristic element that would be realized in the future. Now we have it. 
Keith Fraser says, don't forget that JFK threatened to break the FBI into a million pieces. Is that oh, true? Wow. I think it is. Yes. Yeah. He did. Yeah, I don't know if those are exact words, but yeah, he, he said wow. he was going to shatter it into yeah. oblivion Ooh, or something. Oh, boy. Wow. It's a metaphor. Well, and wasn't the, wasn't the, I mean, the conspiracy around it, like, the week before he had prepared some sort of something that was going to lead to the shattering of some of these three-letter agencies? That's a big thing that always, you know, Joe Rogan's big on the timeline of events leading up to the assassination and how, was that JFK Revisited documentary that was really good two years ago? But talked Stone? about this too. Yeah, talked about kind of the timeline leading up to it. And uh, yeah, apparently that's the the story is that he not only said that, but there was some actions in practice. And Splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces was the actual wow. quote. Scat- CIA. And scatter it to the winds. Yeah, it was yeah. the CIA. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Let's see. H Music says, Hillary didn't learn when she made her Love Trump's hate campaign slogan. It's only missing the apostrophe. So now she's trying, but her email instead. Do you guys remember that? I remember the first time I saw the signs, love Trump's hate. And I was like, she wants me to love Trump? Yeah, I remember like yeah. His, his hatred yeah. or something? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> so like, you're saying Trump is hateful and I should love his hatefulness? I or, do love that hate. And then someone right? explained to me, I went, oh, because the T was capitalized. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I get what, wow, these people are terrible. I yeah, thought I'd check that. A good meme would be love Trump's. Just like get it, like when you trump something, it means you're like beating it, you're like one upping it. That's what love means. trumps. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I take that to mean it's like, uh, do I love the trumps? Is that what I'm supposed yeah, to? I don't know. Yeah, think? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to meme. Yeah. Andrew Ryan says a man chooses, a slave obeys. Hmm. Oof. Oof. True. Brian David says I am also left-handed with a recent left-hand injury. Also, my membership was automatically renewed via PayPal two days ago. <laughs> Oh, no. Was that not supposed to happen? or Weren't if, we supposed to use parallel economy? If people are signed up through PayPal, PayPal is just going to do their thing until they switch. Oh. But uh, we're, we're – there's I can't say too much, but we're, we're working on new infrastructure stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to support the show, we use parallel economy. So when you sign up for TimCast.com, you're not only supporting us. You're supporting Parallel Economy, which is a censorship-resistant financial uh, transaction service, and our infrastructure is built on Rumble. So we we very awesome. much are trying to help flourish and grow this this ecosystem so that we can get away from the super ch- uh, from the from the super chat. The super chat. The super chats. From the censorship. We love super chat. Dana Burke says, "Ian, check out the Global Consciousness Project." I know that. Global. Sounds interesting. Alex Ramazzi says, Rudy Giuliani on Crowder's show today said, on Crowder's show today, that the FBI were the ones who put locks on the door where the docks were allegedly being stored. Interesting. Is that really? I don't know. I don't know what that means. They locked the door or something? No idea. Grofty says, buck the peck button, buck, buck, buck. Yeah. Grofty, a big fan of Chicken City. Yes, we love Grofty. Chicken City. Uh, a few of the chickens have moved uh, to a new location, Aww. a top secret location. They've been rehomed. Yeah. yeah, the chicken city is much too large. There is too much chicken poop. It smells. Wow. Yeah. It does, and especially on a warm, humid night. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> Through my closed <laughs> windows like somehow. It opens its windows like, <laughs> even the Amish live far <laughs> away from yeah. Those, yeah. those wild things. A little few too many chickens. Yeah. Yeah. A little overcrowded. Big city. Jacob Carter says, as a Christian, I must say, one, the rapture is non-biblical nonsense. Two, I can't wait for the second coming, but understand it's up to the Father. Also, hope you're having a great day, guys. God bless. Would you, would you agree with that? Agree. I would agree on both counts. Mm. All right. 
Ken says, I keep alluding to moving out to provincial Philippines. It's my graphene. These same New York Times libs complain about the government, then celebrate worse. Mabu, uh, I can't read that. I don't know what it says. Uh, never coming back to the U.S. Well, all right. If you feel it like I feel graphene, follow your dreams. <laughs> Zeba Zepeda says, dude, you should pay attention to South America. Communism is brewing down here in Chile. Look for the 4th of September. Okay. And uh, what does it say? Boric? He has all of the dictator vibes. Oh, and in Chile, that happens with salmon. Oh, no. Oh, the chicken poop stuff? Not the stuff? poop fish. Oh. No. Not the poop fish. Oh, no. Oh. I thought it was only the tilapia. No. <laughs> Don't ruin salmon for me as well. Let me have salmon. The perk of living in San Diego. Lots of fresh fish. Yes. I lived in Santiago, Chile for a while, and what I noticed most notoriously was that all the police in, in the city were national police. They were like feds. There is no local law enforcement mm-hmm. there. So if a crazy guy takes hold of the co- that government, he has the entire country's law enforcement system. Mm-hmm. Wow. E. Rodriguez says, Tim, I live in New York, and I am completely fed up with modern leftism. And while I hate staying, moving to a red state at this point in my life is extremely difficult. But I'm not giving up on it. I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, it's not easy for everybody. When I was in Chicago and I moved to L.A., I just took a backpack and a couple hundred bucks and just went. No plan. Nowhere to sleep. Just whatever. Figured it out. Worked out. I don't know, though. Suppose if you live in the middle of nowhere, you're going to be sleeping outside. Yeah. I, I guess sleeping outside is better than sleeping outside. Sleeping outside in the forest or a field is better than yeah. outside yes. the city. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of bugs. Come to California. Yeah. Trying to make our state seem better. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. Sorry. Not a lot We're of not bugs. Moving there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Not much there. problem. <laughs> yeah, All right. Waffle Sense says, Ian, have you ever thought that you're not just seeing patterns in the universe, but that you're feeling God speak to you? Because in my experience, God manifests this kind of way, not with some audible voice in your ear. Yes, Waffle Sensei, I love you, by the way, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, God speaks to me in shapes. I see visions of behavior. I don't necessarily – sometimes I'll hear words like an impulse of a sound, but normally it's a vision of me doing something or something happening. When I ask a question, that's the response. The Bible for Unbearable says, Revelation 18.23, For your merchants were the great men of the earth – and by the sor- by thy sorceries, all nations were deceived. The word sorceries is translated from the Greek word pharmakeia. Ph- ph- mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, that's right. Wow, really? Weird, yep. yeah. Interesting. Yep. The spirit of sorcery that takes over the world was the spirit of pharmakeia. Very, very interesting. Yep. Revelation eighteen. Oh I've there's been for a, for a while now. People have been talking about the signs. And they're, they're, they're trying to look at Revelation and then say, like, look, this is this thing and this is this thing. Totally. But I've heard that for a, for a while. You know People I mean? thought Hitler was the Antichrist because he talked about establishing the Third Reich, which was literally going to be like a thousand-year dominion. Right. I mean, pe- you know, there were a lot of reasons that Not Christians right. have thought we're in the final days for literally thousands of years. So, right. yeah. I missed the pharmakeia. What was that? Uh, Revelations 18. You can read the exact verse again. I don't. Uh, 1823. Yeah. Look up, um, look up, look up Revelation 1823. Yeah. Mr. Toad says, what is Public Square's version of ESG? Oh, love this question. Uh, yeah, we adamantly stand against ESG, environmental social governance standards, if you're not familiar. Um, it's the new philosophy that's overtaken, especially the world of corporate investing. And so most any company you buy from that's owned by a corporation at this point uh, adopts these ESG standards, and they rob your life in a lot of ways. Uh, they basically prioritize woke politics and nearsighted and uh, uh, almost ignorant principles related to the environment 
in their production of goods that you buy, and then they make you come along that journey with them. And they also carry that into hiring. And so this relates to things like diversity quotas. DEI is another word that's very similar, different philosophical framework, but they go in tandem often, which is diversity, equity, inclusion. Public Square uh, stands against it by not focusing on identity politics at all. And the thing we are more, most concerned about in the world of manufacturing is not carbon emissions. Uh, it is make your stuff in America. Because if you make your stuff in America, statistically, it'll lead to less emissions because China is the world's great polluter right now. Oh, yeah. And most of that comes from manufacturing. So if we can trust that you're making your products in America, there's a good likelihood that it's far more sustainable than what's happening overseas, too. Right. Yeah. Waffles says, have you guys seen Saudi Arabia's The Line? It's a mega city yeah. they are building. Yes. Look it up. It's weird dystopian what stuff. Yes. That? I I have seen so many videos like this. Yes. It's nonsense. Some artist probably made it. I don't think but it's real. But what's happening in this Agenda 2030 concept is mega cities. They, they want to put humans in like centralized spots so that they can have farm, like wild land. But the problem is humans centralized do not do well. We need to be able to move in different directions to get away if there's a disaster. Not just that. If you take... A little bit of chicken poop. Let's say let's say one mop bucket full and throw it into a field. Give or take. How long until that is washed away and dissipates? Hmm. I mean, rather quickly. I mean, one rain probably. Take I don't know two hundred tons of chicken poop and centralize it in the same place. And how long until it gets washed away? Exponentially longer. When you put all these people in one city and they're all taking dumps every day. How do you how do you wash that away? It's it's very very difficult to to maintain and manage that system. Could have to hit it with lasers. Whereas for people who live in rural areas who are on septic systems, know that if you do it right, you can leave that system for years. Mm-hmm. Not have to worry about it, you know, too much because bacteria takes care of it. That's right. That's called sustainable living. Yeah. I was just picturing a septic tank with a laser inside that blasts the carbon <laughs> and turns it into graphene once it hits. Remember the flooding in the New York subway system that was happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When Sandy? was that? So well, no, 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 not, not, no, not just somewhat Sandy. recently. Yeah. And people were talking about how that that system, it was built so long ago that they think it's on its last legs, but there's nothing you can really do to repair it. Yep. So in New York, I could be wrong about this. This is what I was told. They have these big nitrogen tanks on street corners. You've seen them before probably. Oh, big maybe. chrome tanks of nitrogen. And you'll see like steam. You'll see like a big orange cone of like like steam coming out. What I was told is that the wiring systems of New York are so old that they're melting underground and falling apart. So they blast nitrogen to get the, to exhaust the Whoa. heat. Hmm. So it's like a duct tape solution to the problem. Yeah. Maybe it's not true, though. I mean, just some dude in New York told me that. So maybe it's not, hmm. not real. But you got to understand, when you build a machine like the subway system, yet repairing that is difficult. Hmm. Yeah, like, what do you do? It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're advancing our new technology, but we've got... How many square miles, how many, how many, how many miles in general of track that you would need to change for new technology? That's Mm -hmm. the challenge of these big cities. So one thing you'll see is fascinating. Cell technology in poorer countries would be better than they were in America. The United States, we get the, like, I think the first network was like the IDEN network. And so, you know, we launched the cell network and we're like, look at this. Our phones work in other places. Poor country couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. So they didn't build it. Then the technology started becoming cheaper and cheaper. But by then, we had already developed CDMA or something like that. So then these poor countries implement the stronger, better technology because it took them longer to get. Wow. And then we're trapped with these old garbage networks that we're trying to repurpose. Looks like New York's got 248 miles of routes. Uh, this is subway, the subway system. 665 miles of revenue track. I'm not sure what that is exactly, but a total of 850 miles. 
of track. Wow. So there's revenue and non-revenue track. I'm not sure. My Yo, that's goodness. crazy. Do you guys know much about Starlink? I have Starlink. You do? Yeah. Do you like it? Uh, we, we've we done tests on it, and the upload rate is impractical for a business. Insufficient. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, five megabits. Yeah. Your last point. Impractical for a streaming business. Yeah. I mean, for any business, to be honest. Gotcha. So they're no, still I mean, in the early stages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we got the, uh, I got the, I got the RV version and the business version. Yep. And the business one's much bigger, and it's not faster. Have you had luck um, linking them together? We have not yet bonded them. Uh, but that, I, I'm, that, that's the next experiment we need to do because we have three. We have two RV units and one business unit. And so we also have the Ethernet system and we have a bonding unit. We can actually separate, spread them out, blast them all off, and then bond them. And then it's a diminishing return. Five megabits up per each. You'll probably end up with, you know, 11 or 12 megabits. Gotcha. So it's a diminishing return. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. But, um, you know, it's good. I mean, it's for people in rural areas, Starlink's fantastic. Yeah. Well, in those poor countries, like you're mentioning, if yeah. you're in a poor rural country. But I'll, I'll be honest, if you're running a business, we already have satellite internet. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. I think our satellite internet is actually faster than Starlink, but the latency is 10 times slower. That's the issue. Wow. With Starlink, the latency, I think, was 68 milliseconds, and our existing satellite uh, is like 360 or something like that. So, so five times. It's faster, but it has worse latency. What's that mean exactly? It's, it's l- longer ping. So if you're playing a video game, you'll get lag, right? You're playing World of Warcraft, craft, you're going to swing. So it and sends more data per packet, but it sends packets less frequently. It's a further distance because, uh, lo- uh, Starlink is low, uh, I think it was low, low, low orbit. There, I got it out. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I don't know. The lower latency allows you to send and receive signals faster, but there's less data in it, I guess. And it could just be because of congestion or something. You know, I have no idea. Not we'll sure. have to get Elon on the show and ask him about it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a great idea. Yep. Anytime, anytime. Joss Mosk says, To Timothy 3, 1 through 5, talks about the last days before the return of Jesus and sounds like where we are now in the world. Mm. Okay. But I well, think it I'll always does. I mean, you mentioned like Hitler, because Hitler is the best example of someone that would have been the Antichrist, I, I yeah. can think of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons as you look back. In fact, there's a year, maybe one of y'all can help me and look this up, but there was a year, I think it was 936 AD, 636 AD. It was the darkest year in human history because the volcano blew up in oh, Southeast yeah. Asia yeah. and it sent the whole world into black for a year. Like the sun didn't shine for a year. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. crazy. It's like you hear stories that like that. And you're like, can you imagine what the people must have been thinking? Like, yeah. there's no they food. had to. We're have dying. No. And yeah, diseases start running rampant. Like, you had every reason to think you're in the end time. Wow. And here we are today. So, you know. Stellar Orbit says, I think we crashed the public square app. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be back up. We've got an amazing team of devs. This is the the beauty of building the plane in flight, and we just launched. So I really appreciate the traffic. (laughs) That's amazing. But you asked the greatest challenge, which is in the world of software, uh, when you've got a lean and mean team accommodating the demand. Thank you so much, everybody, for wanting to join the community. It should be up and running. Back to you ASAP. Brofen Brofen says, Mike, is there an API? Uh, lots of APIs. Uh, for it would depend on what they're looking for. Oh, well, in terms go. of like being able to source businesses from the platform for other uses. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. All right. Kyle Bratton says literally, literally just downloaded the app. We'll be putting my business on here and convince my friends to do the Woo. same. Hey, that's awesome. Absolutely, that's what makes the platform special. That's so cool. I was surprised to see how many in DC were on the app. Right, there's a lot. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to DC this weekend. We're going to make sure Hit we're going to good businesses. That's there right. you go. Who don't hate us? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and I, I would probably, I would probably assume too, 
Because while there are a lot of businesses, I wouldn't say it's a large percentage of total businesses, right? Like there yeah, might- 30 million small businesses in the United States. Yeah. And so we've we've got a, a awesome partners in this space that have had a lot of hope for us from the beginning because they just have been exposed to so many small business owners. You guys have had Charlie Kirk on your show. Oh, yeah. Charlie Kirk, when he first heard about this in January, looked me in the eyes and said, in the next year, you'll have 100,000 businesses on this thing. I mean, the, the market is just so large for it because there is such a coalition of these people. Um, so, yeah, the, the potential is pretty wild. 30 million small businesses in the United States. Mm-hmm. And what gets me really excited is, like, all the employees that are positively affected through that. Because you think for every small business, you've got a few employees most of the time you're accounting for, too. And so um, if we can help even a tiny percentage of that, like, that's a dream come true. A lot of people are asking about Canada. Ah, yes. we. Ah, okay, uh, we're coming. I'll tell you that. And I will also say this. It is our next country. So let us uh, take care of the United States first and uh, hire a little bit more of a robust team. And then we will take on Canada. But that is our next stop. All right. One more super chat. We got Justin Green who says Joe Kent wins primary election. Joe Kent won? I don't know. I'd have to check. I believe oh, it. The eight day election or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to timcast.com. We're going to have that members only show coming up for you at about 11 p.m. tonight. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Mike, do you want to shout anything uh, anything out, considering we just shouted out public Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel super grateful. PublicSQ.com, if you want to learn more about the site. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at RealMichaelSeif, S-E-I-F, just half my last name. I'll make it easier on you. <laughs> at RealMichaelSeif. Uh, that's where I'm at on Twitter. That's probably where I post the most. And we'd love to have you on the journey with us. Right on. If you want to see me more often, you should go follow me on Instagram or WeChat at CloserKitty. And you should go subscribe to Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time, every Monday through Friday. Uh, I'm getting confirmation that Jamie Herrera-Butler conceded to Joe Kent. Uh, that's from Fox News. Right that's great exciting. news. All right, guys. Great show tonight. Awesome to see you, Mike. That was great. Thank really cool, guys. actually. Really Appreciate awesome. Uh, bye, everyone. I love you. Yeah. And I would say, too, for this app crashing tonight, to check in tomorrow. Thank you so much for coming and discussing this with us, Michael. This is a huge White pill. I'm so glad it's working now. And I want to say there's an old Latin adage which, sa- which says, we're all familiar with it, if you would have peace, prepare for war. And I think that's the best way to live life. And I will leave you with that. You guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at sourpatchlitz as well as sourpatchlitz.me. We will see you all over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.